We're back. It's season two. Last year, your boy went plus 70% against the spread. No big deal. Larry, shooting for a comeback this year. Larry, thoughts on the upcoming season? How do you feel? What, what's, your, what's your mantra right now? Uh, I feel excellent. Uh, football's back. Uh, Going to be a great year. Um, I'm pretty sure Bubs still has to shave his beard for a bet last week. So more betting, maybe some uh, stipulations throughout the year on big games. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to probably pick the different sides each week. Um, we got some exciting guests and some exciting interviews. Uh, so welcome to season two, uh, where the tub is always hot. And speaking of exciting, we welcome on a third member this year. I'd like to introduce you all to BCB. BCB, you want to say a few words for the crowd? Yeah, absolutely. So happy to be joining here. I've uh, been doing some Twitter handicapping, putting stuff out there for free uh, for a few years. Kind of uh, amassed a little bit of a following here for uh, known a little bit for the G5 games and uh, betting some games, having some, some edges here on uh, football games that your friends have no interest in watching on Saturdays. But they still pay the same as your Alabama, Notre Dames, and uh, Georgia games. So we'll be uh, we'll be making you some money in the crumbs, hopefully here this year, and uh, probably throwing some horse picks in as well. Love it, folks. We're back. College football's back. Like Larry said, exciting interviews, exciting guests. You got us three all season long. We're ready to fucking roll. We're ready to fucking get. We're ready to put money in your pockets, folks. Let's go. I get no All right, we're back. Folks, you know what? We're going to go ahead, just a quick outline for the call today. We're going to talk about conferences, who we like, who we don't like, over-under win totals, conference winners. We're going to talk a little bit about who we see in the college football playoff. We got Heisman winners. Uh, we're going to talk a little G5. We got plenty of stuff to discuss here today, so we're going to go ahead and just kick it off right now with the Pac-12. So with the Pac-12, um, I'll, I'll just start with just a little tidbit. You know, if you're looking at the odds here, USC is favored to win the Pac-12. Uh, somehow Oregon's up there as well at eight and a half wins. Utah, UCLA, all at eight and a half. You go to the bottom, you know, and we have Arizona, which I've heard some things. I don't know about you guys. If Arizona's not going to be like the Ofer team that we saw last year or just a bare bottom shit team that we saw last year. Larry, BCB, have you heard anything regarding them? Yeah, so I actually uh... – I like Arizona a lot more than most people do coming into it this year. Um, it didn't make my official win total. Their number's two and a half. Nope. Um, they played, all right, so last year they played five different quarterbacks. It was Jed Fish's first year, and they didn't have any talent on the squad. They've hit up the portal. Uh, they fixed a lot of holes. They got actually one of my favorite players, uh, one of my favorite G5 players from last year, Jake Cowling. He's a wide receiver. Uh, played at UTEP last year. You watched some UTEP games. Uh, they, the dude just, uh, he, he was, it was off the screen to me. Uh, stuck, he looked like an NFL player out there against the teams they were playing against. He hopped in the portal, um, immediately got offered by Ole Miss, LSU, had a bunch of big schools, uh, ended up in Arizona because he had, I believe he's got a young kid out there. So it was like down to Arizona State, Arizona. Um, and he's yeah. from Arizona originally. So that he's going to be a kid. He's, he's probably going to be all Pac-12 this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a – if he the USC wide receivers might have a lockdown, but he's going to be an all Pac-12 selection, uh, maybe second team. 
So Arizona, maybe not as shitty. Another team just going right across the state there that I just want to touch on. We're not going to hit on every team, folks. We're going to hit on the teams that just stick out to us or that, that we can have a couple talking points on. Arizona State, uh, we have someone in the bookies basement, BB, that loves Arizona State. I think, I don't know if he went there, but he's a big fan. Emory Jones. Uh, I loved him at Florida. Thought he was great. I uh, definitely like AR-15. I don't think he likes to be called AR-15 anymore, so we'll, we'll, we'll bypass that. That's the wrong quarterback. Nice try. Emory Jones? A- AR-15 is the quarterback that's still at Florida. Yeah, yeah, I know. Emory Jones was at Florida last year. I'm saying he's at Arizona State this year. He transferred. I know that nickname belongs to the quarterback that is still at Florida. Right, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Why yeah. are we talking I was just comparing the two since they were at Florida last year. Anyways. Yeah, Jones stinks. He probably no. Aver- no. averaged three interceptions per game. He stinks. Huge downgrade for them at quarterback. Huge downgrade. So Larry and I both had, or I had Jaden Daniels last year. I had big high hopes for Arizona State. Uh, Emory Jones, the question that came up in the group chat, Larry, I, I want to throw this at you since BCB and I have already had a chance to answer it. Would you rather have – well, I guess you already did just answer it. Would you rather have Emory Jones or Jaden Daniels as a quarterback? Jaden Daniels, a thousand times. Like, I, easy, easy answer. He he was around less talent than Arizona State, and I thought he had a way – he was much better than Emory Jones. Granted, Emory Jones had a tougher schedule, but Emory Jones was, like, losing to G5 teams. Like, he was throwing three interceptions against, like, Florida Atlantic last year. It was bad. <laughs> All right, fair enough. BCB, any thoughts on Arizona State or any more of some of the bottom feeders like Cal, Stanford, Colorado, any thoughts on them? Yeah, so uh, we'll dig into the Arizona State thing and Emory Jones here. So, yeah, um, I, we, we talked about Jaden Daniels. Uh, is Emory Jones a less talented version of Jaden Daniels? I think Jaden Daniels is an incredibly overrated player. Um, all right, just off the top of your guys' head right now, who do you think had a better season last year, Jaden Daniels or DJ Ugalele? Ugal, however you pronounce his last name, DJU from Clemson. Um, well, I, I always thought of DJ Ugalele. I always call him Fat Dante Culpepper. I dislike him and I, I despise everything about him. But that being said, Jaden Daniels just didn't get it done last year. I'd probably say you know DJU. Uh, my initial thoughts would absolutely go to Jaden Daniels. Yes, yeah, so Jaden Daniels stat line, 2,900 yards, 10 touchdowns, 10 picks. DJU, 3,100 yards, almost 3,200, nine touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, it's just the narrative is that you've got one guy who completely underachieved, and then now it's like, hey, Jaden Daniels is, is kind of this guy that's dynamic. Eh, he played his games on the West Coast. No one watched him, and when he was bad, he, he didn't really care. Um, so I – uh, this kind of some foreshadowing. I don't think he's going to be good at LSU either. I think LSU's got some problems at the quarterback position, um, especially with Miles Brennan not playing. But to build on that, I don't think Emory Jones is an upgrade at all. I still think he's a downgrade. I was honestly kind of surprised he ended up at another Power 5 team. Thought he would end up at like a Georgia Southern or maybe some other kind of G5 school uh, playing playing games on Thursday nights. Can, can you think of a of – a, and because obviously Herm Edwards coach there, I think this might be his last year. Can you think of an NFL coach, not a college to NFL to college, but an NFL coach that was successful in college? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, it depends on how you look at I mean, I guess 
Jim Harbaugh started as a college coach, then went to the NFL, and then back to college. So I think he might be an outlier. Um, I mean, I don't. Chip Kelly hasn't really been successful. He had decent years at uh, the Eagles, but I don't know if he's been successful at the college level. I, it's really hard to kind of, yeah. I, I don't know. There's no one coach that sticks out. Right. Yeah, nothing off the top of my head. Um, yeah, okay. not, not one that's left and been been a, been a strictly an NFL guy and then just gone to, to college head coaching. I, Lovey Smith got a bunch of money from Illinois to win four games. I, <laughs> you want to consider that a successful stint, but. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, speaking of Chip Kelly, let's talk about UCLA. I know, again, their quarterback. I know he has three names. This is kind of how we do things, BCB. I don't know exactly names. I know he's like a three-name quarterback. I can't – what's his name? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they're sitting at eight-and-a-half wins. Again, outside – so USC is top at nine-and-a-half, and then it's a tie for third – or, excuse me, second with Oregon, Utah, UCLA. Um, I don't really see much out of UCLA this year. I think – uh, Dorian Thompson has somewhat of a Jay, Jay and Daniels type where he's digressing every year. I mean, he had the Heisman hype last year. He had an average season, but I, I just don't see much. And I don't see how, how that plays into the offense there. And outside that, I haven't really heard much about UCLA. I don't know any about you two, if you've heard differently. Uh, yeah. I mean, so they've got, they only returned two starters on defense this year, uh, from a team that was eight and four. So it was Chip Kelly's best year last year. Uh, Thompson Robinson's kind of, he was a highly rated recruit. He's kind of just a guy. Uh, he was the backup quarterback in high school for the infamous Tate Martell. Um, who's no, no, yeah, this will be the first, first college season we've had in about six years where Tate Martell's not on a roster. So sad. Uh, sad. But, uh, yeah, they've got Zach Charbonnet on offense. Uh, they've got a really nice running back. So, as he goes, they'll go. Um, you know, under Chip Kelly, I guess they, they were 8-4 and four in 21 – or they were 8-4 last year, uh, which was the first winning season they've had since he's been there. Um, I would guess they're probably – I would – yeah, I have to go here and look at these games individually. They, they don't have a difficult schedule. I mean, they, they start the season with Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and then they go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, they, could, they could be a 9-3 and three team um, and just not be a very good 9-3 and three team this year. But Right, and I have a couple of those I want to talk about later on in the show where I have teams that fit that exact pedigree where I could see them starting 5-1, and 6-0, and oh, but they're just terrible teams playing terrible teams. Um. Another team I just want to talk about here before we get to like the two big ones, in my opinion, is Oregon. Uh, one of my favorite games that's going to be an absolute shit stomping is the opener versus Georgia. I think it's at a neutral field. I could be wrong. Uh, but not only do you get, again, I, I feel like I'm talking about players that I hate a lot, like DJU, but I absolutely despise Bo Nix. I think he's he gets way more credit than he should. I think he's an absolute wild card. He's like a, a poor man's Brett Favre, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think Oregon, I don't I don't see the wins on the schedule, eight and a half. You lose at Georgia. Uh, BYU, uh, they return everybody. They're an independent team, so we'll try and sneak some independence in there. Um we talked a little bit about Arizona. They're stepping up. I don't know if that's that, that's the win, though. Utah, um, 
yeah, they get to avoid USC, which is nice, but your guys' thoughts on Oregon? Larry, I know you're a big Bo, Bo Nix fan. I love Bo Nix at Auburn. I hate him at Oregon. Um, <laughs> he belongs in the SEC, if anywhere, and he wasn't very good in the SEC. Uh, they have a new head coach, too. It's Dan Landing. Um, He's defensive Georgia's defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have high hopes for them. Um, they are in the much easier side of the pack 12, um, where, I mean, they'll probably only lose three or four games and probably still win the North division because the North division stinks. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, don't have high hopes for them. Um, they'll probably be nine and three, eight and four somewhere in there um they'll lose week one they'll probably lose to byu um but it's just it's the pac 12s week in the north division is very weak very true bcb what do you got yeah so uh some things on bonix so for his career he does have in college he's sub 60 percent completion percentage so he's sitting at 59 percent completion percentage um It'll be interesting to see. I don't know what their offense is going to look like. Um, their offensive coordinator comes from Memphis. So I admittedly haven't watched a lot of Memphis games. I know they had some guys over the years, uh, did some stuff on offense with motion um, and operated out of the shotgun. So uh, I, I did think last year Bo Nix had definitely taken a step forward. Um, he had a really good game against Ole Miss. So that was the one time I watched him in depth. Uh, the, the thing with Bo Nix is I've always – he's always been a guy you watch, and it, at some point there's there's quarterbacks that are like this. You always are just waiting on him to make a mistake that's going to cost the game yeah. um, or, or flip it around and put you in. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see if he takes another step forward here. Like you said, Dan Lanning, it's his first-year head coach. He's just 36 years old. Um, Oregon's one of the bigger jobs in the country. We'll see how it all kind of transitions under a new staff. The Like you said, so they've got Georgia week one. Um, they're playing them in the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. So neutral field and name only. Uh, <laughs> Going to be a, a bulldog crowd there. Uh, they play Eastern Washington, which is a tough FCS team, um, week two at home. And then they've got BYU, who I think is going to be a pretty good team. Yeah, they may very well uh, end up winning the North this year. But um, that I, I don't love Washington this year. Uh, I think Stanford's probably a little better than people are giving them credit for. There's some things I like with Stanford on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yeah, Oregon might be one of those teams that's a top they're, – they're the AP poll, top 25, top 20 team. But a lot of your power ratings might have them in the 40s to 45 range uh, as the season goes on. For sure. I they, also, they also lost their running back, Die. Die yeah. was Die was pretty good last year. I'm not exactly – I think he stayed on the West Coast. He's at USC. He's at USC. All right. All right. Um, yeah, but I think that's a huge I, – I, I really thought Dai was good, um, one of their better players last year. I think he got hurt in the bowl game or, or the Pac-12 championship last year. Yeah, look at it, the numbers I'm looking at. They do return eight starters on offense, seven on defense. So, um, replacing the quarterback position, like you said, we'll see what Bo Nix does. Yeah. Um, Behind him, they do have Tyler Thompson, who apparently he was a, the number seven rated quarterback in his class, and he's a redshirt freshman. So we'll see. I, I didn't love their quarterback last year either. Uh, B, BC transfer. 
goodness name. It wasn't very good. Oh, Anthony Brown? Is that who yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very good either, though. Yeah, that, Bo Nix is an upgrade from what they had. So, <laughs> um, if, if, if you get good Bo, then, yeah, they could very well be in the Pac-12 championship game. Bad Bo, uh, you can get stampered at, like, 90-1 to 1 to win the conference, and all of a sudden you might have a chance to hedge that off. And not to put a damper, because we are, we like to try to keep it light and, you know, happy, throw some laughs in there, but didn't their tight end pass away? Yeah, that, yeah, unfortunately, um, tight end was. uh... Yeah, now I feel like a dick, but I know he was really good. And um, yeah, I remember seeing that come across not too long ago, but sad deal. But yeah, yep, yep, there you go. Um, So let's keep it moving. Uh, We got two teams left I just wanted to chat about here. Uh, number one, Utah. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. This is my this is my choice to win the Pac-12. Uh, might see them going further. We'll talk about that here in a second. Cam Rising, huge. They start off at the swamp. That is a little nerve wracking. Usually, you know, you want those non-conference games to be like those FCS schools or you know just a couple warm-up games. But if you're going to the swamp. That's tough. But at eight and a half. If you look through the rest of their schedule, the only other teams that really kind of stick out, San Diego State was 12-2 and two last year. Uh, Oregon, which we just talked about, they, they were 10-4 and four last year, but they have Bo Nix, which that's due for something. And they get USC at home. Um, I honestly don't see them losing throughout the season. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys. That's my hot take for the Pac-12 that definitely Utah. I know that's kind of a, a public pick from what I've seen or what Larry's told me, but – I love them. I think the over eight and a half is a lock. I think them to win the conference is, is a nice play as well. You two, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, they so they beat the shit out of Oregon twice last year. Um, I think at Florida is probably the toughest game on their schedule. Um, it's, it's so – like San Diego State's a good team, but going to Utah is so hard. They're so good at home. I think Kevin Reiser's the best player in the conference. Definitely the best quarterback. Um, we'll talk about probably the second best quarterback here in a second. I mean, I'm I. They're a two loss, three loss team, but probably might even be a one loss team, um, and they should win the Pac-12. Um, but it's I mean, it's all going to come down to probably the matchup against USC. Got it. BCB, what do you got? Do you got a winner here, or are you going to save that uh, team? So, yeah, I mean, I would have this team. Um, I didn't pick, a, like, a going on to it, I didn't pick a – I didn't put money down on a Pac-12 conference champion. We'll say that. If I had to pick it – I did, actually. I put it down on Stanford at 90-1. to 1. There's a reason for that, right? <laughs> so, I don't want I don't, I don't love the teams at the top of this conference this year. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say Utah. When we, we put our four together for the playoffs, um, I did have Utah in there. Like you said, if, if their number is eight and a half for a win total, it's really hard to find four losses on the schedule, um, especially if they win week one at Florida. So you've got Kyle Whittingham. He's going into his 18th year as the head coach here. Um, they've If you don't count the COVID year where they played five games, um, you'd have to go back to 2017 to where he hasn't won eight or more games in a season. So uh, yeah, they have a first first team all conference running back coming back, Taven Thomas. Um, I, I think Utah, the Pac-12 is is kind of known as a spread them out league um, on offense. A lot of spreads, a lot of shotgun. 
Utah's a lot more physical than the other teams there. I do like that aspect of it. I think they've got a little bit of an edge to them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they've got to go – I think they've probably got to go 12-0 and 0 to make the playoff, though. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't think – unless maybe if they lose to USC by, like, a field goal, mm-hmm. um, depending on what happens, you know, elsewhere. Um, yeah, we'll see that – they do. They return eight starters on offense, six on defense uh, from a team that won 10 games last year. So uh, they are also the returning Pac-12 champs. So let's fucking go. I love it. You're so the, you're the king. You're the king until you're not. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, like Iowa and the Big Ten West. We're the king until we're not. Anyway, uh, last team here, USC. Uh, I'll start. I think the, the problem here is, yeah, you know, you have to go at Utah. That, that's a tough one. And while Utah does start at Florida, USC gets Notre Dame at home, which is nice. Um, looking through their schedule here, the Pac-12 Dude, is Fresno, kind of well, go ahead. Fresno State. Fresno State. Oh, yeah. That would be a test. Fresno State's good. No, I, I agree. So, I mean, that's. That's three tough games, and then they play at UCLA, which their rivalry game, you know, that one, you know, not as big as it used to be back in the day, but I, I could see some tensions rising there. You never know what really happens in those type of games. But, yeah, I have U, uh, USC not winning the conference, second, maybe third, depending on some of those losses there. But uh, I got Utah to win it over eight and a half. I still think that um, uh, let's looking at USC's, they're at nine and a half. I would take that under. Um, I, I, I see just a couple. The Fresno State game, Larry, that was a good call right there. Um, I think it's tough, but I think I, this this is a no play for me. But if I had to, I'd lean under. What do you two think? I think this is a, uh, they're probably a 10-2 team, uh, maybe better. I mean, Lincoln Riley got the sweetest deal in the world to go coach for them. Got to bring Caleb Williams with them. We just talked about they got Die, the running back from Oregon. Um they're going to be good. They're going to be very good. Um, I, Lincoln Riley will get them ready to go. They have definitely five stars up and down that roster for sure because it's USC. Uh, so I, I would say 10 and two, and it's going to come down to them in Utah to win that side and probably win the Pac-12. Yeah, fuck Jordan Aston, by the way. BCB, what do you got? Yeah, so they, uh, they like you said, they. I mean, this was a four and eight team last year. Uh, now they're kind of a Cinderella team. I watched, watched some film on uh, Keaton Slavis, watched some film on Jackson Dart. One thing I was surprised about was just how bad the offensive line was uh, with USC last year. They returned four starters. Sometimes you can argue that's a good thing. Sometimes not. They did add a transfer from West, or from uh, Virginia on the offensive line, I believe, as well, too. So we'll see. I mean, they hit up the portal. They, they've got, you know, Travis Dye, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams. That's probably enough to win them a lot of games in the Pac-12 uh, if they keep everybody healthy. Uh, and, and yeah, they've, I mean, you go through here and look at it. They've got transfers from Auburn, Alabama, Oklahoma, um, Ohio state, all up and down the defense. So one thing to uh, kind of watch out for, uh, I'm here with Lincoln Riley and there was kind of rumblings of it. I haven't heard much recently, but, uh, there were some rumors out there that Jordan Addison didn't get the NIL money that had yeah. been promised to him and maybe a holdout. And so <laughs> we'll see maybe something, Maybe something uh, kind of materializes from that, but like yeah, I, I actually wrote down here games that were kind of flying under the radar um, that I think will have an impact on the college football playoff. I did have the Fresno State USC game as one of those. 
because I think Fresno State comes in there uh, with with a huge chance. And, and a lot of times in the college football schedule, it's uh, who you play and when you play them. So Fresno playing that team in week three is much more favorable for Fresno than playing them at the end of the season. Wow. So uh, they come in. Also, they have to go to Stanford week two. So they're playing a conference game on the road. And uh, they're going to be playing at Stanford, a, a veteran team there with veteran coaching staff. Maybe they're on upset alert going into that one. BCB loves him some Stanford. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I don't hey. Hey man, they all right. They got a pro quarterback. Yeah, we'll touch on Stanford real quick. They got a pro quarterback. David Shaw's been the head coach here for 12 years. They've got a really good special teams unit. Um, and they've the one the one thing they've kind of got going against them. I don't know what their defensive line is going to look like. Teams might run for 250 on them every week, and then <laughs> I look like the biggest idiot in the world. But they've they've got some talented wide receivers, a pro quarterback, and a good secondary. And uh, that's more than I can say about and yeah and they're big boys up front I, I love teams that have great offensive line I think they have like 120 career starts on their offensive line this year so uh, yeah. yeah they're they're able to run the ball and control it on offense we'll see what happens yeah I always like David Shaw um, he's still there right yeah he's still there okay, yeah okay. all right all right but yeah I always liked him I like those old school coaches and I think like you said, they bring that pro style offense to the, to the table, which we'll see what it is. Um, just to kind of any other teams that we want to talk about for the Pac-12. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'll say this about Stanford, though. They do. They do have as of right now on like strength of schedule. They have the seventh toughest schedule. So <laughs> they, they uh, that that might be going against them. They play at Notre Dame in the uh, in the non-conference um they play at utah they are they have usc at home they play at washington at oregon so uh and then they've got byu um at the end of november so it's it's they might be that's a team too they might be like nebraska they might be four and eight and a lot of power ratings have them in the top 35 depending on how it goes i dig it all right so yeah i got uh utah pack 12 winner larry's got the same and bcb if you had to make a pick you'd take yeah, so if I have to pick no money on it, I'm going to go to Utah as well. Um, with the betting lines, if you're going to give me 90 to 1 on Stanford, I'm going to put a unit down, a half a unit, and we'll see what happens. That's what's up. All right, let's move over to the Big 12. Uh, my little brother's conference here. Uh, a lot of lot of tractions taking place here. You know, we've had some quarterback changes, head coaching changes. Uh, we got some, we got some all-stars on here and, you know, a lot of hot picks. So we're going to start from the bottom up here. And again, I'm just going to pick out some teams. If you guys want to highlight any quick facts on other teams or want to talk about any other teams, let me know. But at the bottom of the list, we have Kansas and West Virginia, Kansas. Uh, last year, they had a first year head coach. He came over from Buffalo, I believe. Great guy knows his stuff, obviously showed the program with that, uh, win against Texas, uh, towards the end of last season, which they didn't have, I think they beat their win loss total last year, but I think that's a program builder. That's really how you carry momentum. Um, but yeah, looking at their schedule this year, they get a void. Oh, they do play at Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking through it here. It doesn't not as uh, they play at Houston. That's going to be a tough one. They do get to play Duke, which I think is probably one of the worst teams in, in division one. But um, Kansas, obviously out there. Any quick hitters on Kansas, or can we move on to our next one here? I don't care even a little bit about Kansas. 
Yeah, they returned returned 17 starters. Uh, Lance Leopold joined the joined the coaching staff late last year. So, okay. um, I mean, they they if you go back, they've they're two and 19 in their last two seasons. Uh, if if they win if they win three games this year, I think that's a very good year. And then the, you you can say that you know if they they upset somebody, that's back to back big wins for Leopold, right? So. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe this program going in the right direction, but I don't think this is their year. And who was that big fat guy that took him to like a New York Six Bowl uh, back? Oh, Mangello. Ah, there you go. Nice, nice. One of my favorite coaches of all time. Didn't even know his name. Uh, the other team I want to talk a little bit about, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys if there's any uh, you know teams. I have some at the top I want to speak about, but West Virginia, and I like West Virginia for one one big reason. JT motherfucking Daniels. What I think people forget is, yeah, he was at USC. I'm not even sure if he played there, but I know he was there. Then he transferred to Georgia. When he was at Georgia, he was a very – he was above-average quarterback. I think he was better than Setson Bennett. I don't think Setson Bennett's that good of a quarterback. But, obviously, there's injuries. Things came into play. I think messed with a little bit of rhythm. I think he's an outstanding quarterback. I think he's going to win some of those 50-50 games that you look at here. He's not going to be winning any conferences by any means, but I think JT Daniels, solid quarterback. And in college football, quarterback position, I think, means head above more uh, than any other position and any other, in, in, according to the NFL, you know, even. Uh, so I have a lot of faith in JT Daniels, and I, like I said, I think he's going to win a lot of those 50-50 games. Your guys' thoughts? I hate JT Daniels. I hate his face. I hate everything. <laughs> they're gonna look at looking at their schedule right now. They're gonna go five and zero. Oh. I mean, the week five at Virginia Tech's a tough game because that's a tough place to tough place to play. But they probably win that. Virginia Tech's first year coach. I don't think Virginia Tech very good. They'll probably go five and zero. Oh. They might get ranked. Uh, then they're at Texas. They're gonna get stomped. And then they go to Baylor. They're going to get stomped again. Um, I hate JT Daniels. I don't care about West Virginia. Real quick, BCB, you think that they're going to beat Pittsburgh week one in the rivalry game, the renewed rivalry game? Do I think so? Uh, Larry, you said they're going to start 4-0. Yeah, they're going to beat Pittsburgh. Okay. BCB, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, not going to go that far. Um <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm incredibly conflicted on West Virginia. Um, so this is a team that I used to cash on pretty consistently when Will Greer was the man in town. They ran up tempo uh, to the point where they'd be some of my biggest plays of the season uh, was their win totals and uh, betting them. I had them one year for pretty big money to win the uh, to win the Big 12 um, at that time too. So they had a game against Oklahoma that didn't go their way. The one they lost like 56, 59, um, in 2018, uh, JT Daniels, look, the guy's at his third school now. Um, it didn't work out at USC. It didn't work out at Georgia for a reason. Like you said, Stetson Bennett, you can make the case, uh, is less talented than JT Daniels. Um, and, and they told JT, yeah, no, so they, they chose Stetson over JT. So, when you, if you go anyone who's watched JT Daniels play, I don't think is incredibly high on JT Daniels. It's like he, he misses a lot on the long balls. Um, he struggled with some accuracy. It I last year going into it when he was getting Heisman favorite love, I was like, "There's uh, is this real? Like I, I don't who's watching these games? I saw I even saw someone yesterday that had him ranked as the top, number one quarterback in the Big Twelve, and I was like, "There's no way." Their win totals five and a half. Um, so Larry should probably put some money on the over there. Um, 
but yeah, also when they, I mean, I like Neil Brown. When they hired Neil Brown as a head coach, I actually felt really smart because I told my buddy, I was like, hey, you know who they need to be hiring at West Virginia is Neil Brown. And then like two days later, um, <laughs> he came out as a coach. So I don't, if, if you go through the schedule, just eyeballing it real quick. Um, yeah. I don't think they start 5-0. and I don't think they start 4-0. I, I think they lose the Pittsburgh game. I think they'll get Kansas and Towson. Um, they've got to go to Virginia Tech on another Thursday night game. I think that's a pretty tough turnaround for them. And then they've got to play at Texas. Um, and then they have to play Baylor uh, the week after that on another Thursday night game. So it's it's a rough schedule. I, if they win six games, I think that's a step in the right direction. If they win six games with JT Daniels, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I think I don't think it matters as much, but just one thing to call out. I mean, it's West Virginia and the Big 12. They're traveling. I mean, when they got an away game, they're traveling. It's not just, you know – right down south or you know whatnot it's 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 a little bit of a journey to some of those opponents but yeah so, uh, and they, i mean they have to play it like they got the baylor game at home but they're going to texas to virginia tech to pittsburgh uh to iowa state and to oklahoma state like those are all really tough road games oh yeah um and, and that probably speaks more to their win total than the talent of their team they probably got some really talented kids for sure so I'm going to hop to the next. My, I mean, again, you guys hop in as well. I'm skipping over Texas Tech and Baylor. I'm going to go jump to Iowa State, my my alumni. Um, you lose Brock Purdy, which some may say that's a blessing. You get a back, uh, the new quarterback sophomore. I think his name's Hunter Decker. He's actually, in the state of Iowa, he's actually one of, like, one of our better high school quarterbacks to ever come out um, you know, and play for an in-state school. Um, outside of that though, I mean, I, I, it's going to be tough. I think it's good this year that they're far, far out of the top 25. I think having them in the top 10 last year, just fucked with them, fucked with Matt Campbell. Uh, they're not going to beat Iowa. I'll just get ahead of that one real quick. But, uh, you know, looking at it, they get to go at Kansas, which if I have to go play a road game, I'd love to play at Kansas at Texas. That'll be tough at Oklahoma state at TCU, which I think is going to be a surprise this year. But, um, yeah, they're over-under set at six and a half. Again, uh, this is a no play for me. I think it's right under there. Again, if anything, I'd have to lean under. What do you guys think? I don't care about them at all. I think they stink. I care way more about Baylor. I don't know why we skipped over Baylor. We We're going to have skipping over Baylor. Baylor is a way better team than Iowa State, and you just washed them off. And yeah. when you started this conversation – We'll, we'll be circling back to Baylor if I'm going to get some talking. I've got some words about the Bears. But um, to, to touch on Iowa State, uh, you know, I wasn't the biggest Brock Purdy fan either. Um, it, there was too many big games where it seemed like they needed offense. He wasn't able to really produce it. Um, I Stuff I've read from their coaching staff, they say this kid that's the new quarterback, um, what's his name, the, the Hunter Decker, yeah. Hunter Deckers. Uh, I've, I've seen where the coaches think he might be the most talented quarterback they've had while they've been there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, if the overs, I, I trust Matt Campbell to win six games as a head coach. I think he's got the program at a, a good enough level um, where, you know, they'll win, they'll win six, seven games, but um, they'll probably upset somebody along the way too. They might be a team that throws a wrench into the, uh, They'll probably throw a wrench into the conference title picture, maybe even the CFP picture at some point. Um, just don't think I, – I didn't understand the uh, the college football playoff love on them going into last year either. I thought they had – they weren't good enough offensively. 
probably had a lot of those same problems. They only returned eight, eight of their 22 starters from last year. So might be a rebuilding year for them. Five, six wins, I think, I think is a good season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a rebuilding year. Brees Hall was an absolute stud, and so was Charlie Kohler. Yeah. Those, those were two All-American players that they're losing. Uh, Brees Hall, I mean, you can't replace that guy. Um, same, same with Charlie Kohler. He was an absolute stud. I think they had another tight end that was very good, too. All right, you guys take Baylor away. I don't got no comment on them. Uh, I mean, I'm just – so they – Baylor and Oklahoma State – I'm curious how these teams follow up. They both went 12 and two last year and probably overperformed and they both won New York six bowl wins. Um, New York six, uh, New Year's Eve six. Bowl wins. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? New Year's six. Um, I, I think, I mean, they're at BYU week two, which is going to be tough. Oh. Uh, but I, I think they can still probably get 10 wins this year. Um, I do like their head coach. He's He's been excellent. He's only been there for two years, so started in the COVID year. Um, so I actually think they've overperformed. I'm interested to see how they follow up 12-2. and two. Um, And I, I don't think they're the class of the Big 12, so I think it's going to be tough. We got BCB. All right, uh, so this is a team I really like a lot. So this is a team I actually have is a uh, playoff team uh, coming into it. And, and I'll kind of dump into the background. They did win the Sugar Bowl last year. Some would say that, you know, Matt Corral got hurt early. So who knows if Ole Miss really got a fair shake there. Um, they didn't really beat him by that much. Lane Kiffin might have been able to muster up some magic uh, with Matt Corral. But uh, more on that, they did beat Ole Miss partially because they had 10 sacks during the game. Um, they think their defensive line's better this year. So they come in, they think this is the best defensive line they've had since 2019. Uh, it was a season they ended up 11-3, and three, uh, lost in overtime to Oklahoma to the Big 12 championship game that year. Also, one of the more interesting transfer portal moves, uh, they had Jerry Bohannon, who was the quarterback, led him to the Big 12 title game last year. They decided not to start him in that game, started a kid named Blake Shapin. Um, at quarterback. Blake Shapin sets the record for most consecutive completions in the Big 12 game, goes for 17, gets injured on a run, he's out. Going into spring ball, they have a little bit of a quarterback competition. Aranda pulls Jerry Bohannon aside and said, hey man, look, like, I'm not going to keep this, I'm not going to drag this out, I'm not going to keep this going. Shapin's way ahead of you, he's going to be our guy this year. Get in the portal, go find a place where you can play. He just got named the starter at USF and, and, and the coaches are raving about Bohannon at USF. So they make the kid, they make the move to a kid who's a little more dynamic. Um, and Shapin actually had, he had to come off the bench in the Kansas state game. Um, comes off. He's been sitting pulled on the bench all quarter, very first play, 25 yard completion, gets him a first down moves the chain. So uh, Shapin comes in. He, he was also the number one baseball player in the state of Louisiana his senior year. So the kid's a bona fide athlete. Uh, he's on their baseball team as well. They've picked him. From what I've been able to read, I, I've looked up a lot of this, um, listened to some different Baylor podcasts with their insiders and stuff. A couple of things that really stuck out to me. One, um, ESPN even did an article where they talked about Intel, like 45 college football quarterbacks. Uh, everyone said the stuff they've heard about Blake Shaven behind the scenes has been unreal. I think there's a... I, I think there's a little bit, there might be a little bit of Johnny Manziel. Maybe he's a, a sleeper Heisman Trophy 
uh, contender coming in here with this kid. I've actually, I had to reach out to the sports books to post odds on him. He wasn't even listed. I've got him at 150 to one uh, across a bunch of different books. So we moved, we moved some odds here in Indiana on him. Um, also another thing too, if you look at their coaching staff, their coaching staff has said too um, in interviews that they don't expect this team to regress. Like they went from two and seven to 12 and two last year, winning the sugar bowl. Normally you get a little bit of regression after that. They think this team's right there, maybe even better. They think they're, they're better on offense, uh, the quarterback position, their wide receivers are a huge question mark. Um, I watched the spring game. It looks like they've got some kids that are big and fast at wide receiver kind of look like they had some dudes. So We'll see what happens. They're strong on the offensive line, defensive line. I'm a sucker for teams like that. Um, they were predominantly running team last year. If they had the passing game, they might be even more dangerous. They're six. They're plus 650 to win the conference. That was my pick. Um, I think that BYU game week two is going to be a very important game for them. Is they go beat BYU's ranked 25th right now in the AP poll. Uh, they they win that game. Probably puts them. It's going to move them up a little bit. They they might be a team that's that's flirting with the top five all year. Um, probably got to go 11 and one or 12 and 0 to, uh, to make the, make the, the playoff though. They, I mean, they have a tough schedule. They're at Oklahoma and at Texas the last four weeks. That's brutal. Yeah. They, they go on that, they go by week and then they go play at West Virginia, have Kansas at home, then they're at Texas tech, then at Oklahoma. So it's a really rough, uh, really rough four weeks for them there. Um, We'll see. Yeah, they, they didn't get the they didn't get the easy home game. So that's why I think they actually that gives them a little bit of a margin error. I think they can lose one of those road games and possibly still be uh, in the in the playoff hunt. So. OK, well, then speaking of big or well, let's just take a moment. I'm assuming then that that's your play to win the Big 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, then let's talk about the Big 12 championship. Let's move on over to Oklahoma State again a team that I don't know too much about. I know Spencer Sanders. I know their D coordinator went to Ohio State. Is that right? Yes, Jim Knowles is out. Yep, so I think that's a huge, huge loss. I think that that makes a big impact. I think the defense is one of the things that got them to where they the championship game last year. But um, I'll take a step back, though. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Oklahoma State? Uh, go ahead, BCB. Um, so I – Man, I feel bad. Uh, the guy, uh, one of the guys I watched football with on Saturday, one of my good buddies, Oklahoma State grad, um, likes him through and through. I, I think Gundy's an interesting character. This team was also 12 and 2 last year. I think they're going to regress a little bit um, coming into this. It's, they lose, like you said, losing Jim Knowles is huge. They, they were the shift that they, Oklahoma State's had under Gundy, where they've gone from being kind of an offensive powerhouse to a defensive team. Oh. Um, I did not see that coming. Ultimately, how their season goes uh, depends on the health of Spencer Sanders. So he's had problems staying healthy. They had a kid that was their backup quarterback, a uh, big kid. Uh, Shane Illingworth had a, had a nice arm, who I thought was a really nice player. Uh, he transferred. He's starting for Nevada this year. So not sure what they have quarterback depth behind Spencer Sanders now. Um, a kid who hadn't stayed healthy, it, 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 their season might depend on him. I'm not high on the team this year. Um, that said, I, I mean, I would say they probably still win seven, eight games somewhere in there. It's just I don't think this is the best team that they've ever had. Fair enough. Um, let's hop and then let's just, you know, hit our big hitters now. One, one oh, thing, I'll, sorry, I just, just looking at their schedule, I mean, they have three 
probably cupcake-ish games to start their season. And then it looks like it all comes down to at Baylor, which it looks like they have a bye before they play at Baylor. So I think that makes the they make or break their season probably the fourth game into their season. Yeah, yeah they literally do. Uh, looks like, like they basically have two seasons. They play their non-conference three games, get a bye, and then it's just conference games from there out. And they start at Baylor, have Texas Tech at home, and then at TCU, and then Texas at home. So good chance they start that one and three maybe, um, depending on how those games shake out. Currently sitting third in the Big 12 at uh, chances to win at plus 550. Baylor, BCB's pick at plus 600 to win the Big 12. Uh, last three things, or last three teams I want to talk about here. Just a quick hitter on TCU. Again, don't need to dive too far in depth, but first year without Gary Patterson. Um, I don't know how teams really react to that with the new head coach, especially of such a long tenured coach. I know the guy brought in two four star recruits, a starting offensive lineman. I think their offense is going to be a pep in the step this year. They did lose to um, your old Miss BCB, one of my favorite players, uh, Zach Evans. So that'll be interesting to see how they fill that role. Do you guys you know, have any quick points or anything on uh, TCU? Sony Dykes is their new head coach. Never heard of him before. They went five and seven last year. I got nothing. Got it. Yeah, Sonny Dykes, uh, he had some success at SMU uh, is where he was previously at coming here. So um, kind of had a good run there. They do return 18 of 22 starters. So we'll see. We'll see what that consistency brings. Uh, off, they might have. They also might have interesting to watch there. Uh, Max Dugan's been their quarterback. Um, apparently they have another kid on the roster that might beat him out this year. So heard some good things about Chandler Morris, the kid that might beat him out. So. I don't know. TCU, they'll probably be good for, you know, seven wins and a huge upset at some point in the season. So, <laughs> All right. Well, and, you know, a little fun fact, Max Duggan, probably next to Kyle Orton, had the greatest – is probably the greatest Iowa quarterback of all time. Just want to kind of call that out there. Um, all right. Let's finish it off. Texas, Oklahoma. Um, I'm going to combine these two and just kind of talk a little bit about them both. I don't think Brett Venables – has the players he's going to be a great coach he's going to be a great head coach defensive minded head coach i don't think you know i think the big 12 is kind of moving towards that direction rather than you know the the scores of 56 to 49 type games that we typically see in those conferences but uh, i think that obviously a lot of transfers that they lost i don't think he's going to be all that i think he needs to get some of his recruits in currently they're sitting Oklahoma at plus 170 over under nine and a half wins to, uh, in the conference. So we'll see what that comes about. But I just want to talk about my team, Texas. Texas is back. Texas well, is back. Let's, let's go back to Oklahoma for a second. Sure. What do you guys say about Oklahoma? You're chill taking away my thunder. Chill. Let's chill out. Let's start with one team at a time. So I am a fan of Brad Venables. I agree with you. I don't think he has his players yet. That defense is going to take some time to transform. I am also on you. I hate, I might be not, not on the right side of this, but I don't like Dylan Gabriel. Oh, um, he was good at US, UCF, but he also, he was hurt for most of last year. I just, I don't think he is ready for Oklahoma or I don't think he is the right guy there. Um, 
I think he's a little too small and too injury prone where I think he broke his collarbone last year. Um, he took a couple hits at UCF and I thought he was dead a couple times. Um, I just don't think he's the guy. So I, I do agree with you. I think Oklahoma is a little overhyped right now. And I don't think, I actually think Baylor and Oklahoma state are probably better than Oklahoma this year. BC, all right, and I'll apologize. I got a little too excited about Texas. I jumped right to him, but BCB, what do you got about Oklahoma? Uh, so Oklahoma actually landed uh, Ole Miss offensive coordinator, uh, Jeff Levy, and they got Venables, who was a long-time, long-time defensive coordinator at Clemson. So um, if you like the Ole Miss offense, you might like watching Oklahoma this year. Um, to kind of build on Dylan Gabriel, I will say this with Levy, um, it's kind of what, what happened to Matt Crowd on the stretch the last year at Ole Miss. Uh, he likes to run the quarterback a lot. Gabriel's not a big guy. He's probably 5'11", 200 um, is what they would have him on the roster. I'm sure the roster probably has him like six, six foot 205, whatever. Um, he's a guy that, like you said, has struggled with injuries. Ultra dynamic kid. Uh, he's got some really good plays out there. But if they're running him, you know, 10, 15 times a game in the Big 12, he might not be healthy by the end of the season. Um, if you're taking less than two to one on that team, um, I think Venable's going to win a lot of games there. I think they'll win. Uh, we'll see what happens when they go to the SEC, but I, uh, I, I, I'm not big on them this year. Plus 170, I'm not betting that. Fair enough. So let me uh, just kind of reiterate then, Texas is back. We're back, baby. The second okay. highest recruit ever, next to Vince Young, uh, all-time from high school recruits, transfer from Ohio State, didn't play last year, obviously behind C.J. Stroud, going to get that playing time. I think Quinn Ewers – um, I'll just say it right now. He's one of my Heisman plays. I think the kid's incredible. I know BCB, we chatted on the side. You said he didn't do too hot in his, in his spring game. Backup played a little bit better. They've had some arrest. They've had some injuries. <laughs> um, they got a jail, a jail howl. I can't even say his name. Jaleel B Billingsley, uh, the tight end. I think their offense is going to be set. They got Bijan Robinson at running back. Uh, again, another Heisman hopeful, probably one of the best running backs in the country. I think that offense is just too powerful. Sure, when they get, if they make it to the playoffs, uh, you know, running into a tough defense like Bama, which they'll play in week one, um, it's going to be tough. We'll see a lot there, but I think the offense is just too good, and I think it's going to just run through the Big 12. I got Texas to win the Big 12. What do you guys got? Uh, so I also have Texas to win the Big 12. Uh, I think Stark Stark is going to have them playing very well this year. I'm excited to watch that offense. Um, they, I mean, they have Alabama week two. They have a cupcake week one at Louisiana Monroe. Um, it's probably a one-loss Texas team that, that would have to make the playoff. Um, and Alabama could be there has to be their only loss for them to make the playoff. Uh, but that's that's all I have on Texas. You see, yeah. All right. So uh, you're going to get a contrarian opinion here. So uh, very contrarian. So here's here's where I'm at with Texas. It seems like every single day there's a major injury um, that's come out of their camp. They added Isaiah Nayer, who was one of my favorite players in the transfer portal. He was from Wyoming, a guy that I was really hoping was going to go to Ole Miss was going to go to Tennessee, flips to Texas at the last minute. He's out for the season with a knee injury. Um, they had the issues with the Jai Hall. 
who knows when he's going to be able to play at this point. Um, Jalil Billingsley, like you said, but also he's a kid that why well, didn't it work out at Alabama? Um, they tried getting the ball in the national title game a few times. He just didn't make the plays. They lose uh, Junior and Jalu on the offensive line for the year. They don't have a lot of offensive line depth. They have seven true freshmen on the offensive line. Um, I, that's not really a winning winning recipe in Power Five football. Um, if they have to dip into it from that standpoint, if they're going to be playing a bunch of true freshmen. Also, Quinn Ewers, there's a lot of hype. The kid's never thrown a pass. Um, he should just now be a true freshman. He ran Ohio State scout team last year. Um, uh, unless the kid's the greatest quarterback in college football this year, I think he's got a, he's going to be fighting an uphill battle. Um, yeah, I'm not on him. I, I would take the under on the nine win total, to be honest with you. Uh, they also today, too, they lost uh, they lost backup running back. Um, trying to think of the kid. Uh, Roshan Johnson. Uh, who they also thought was their best pass protector um, from the running back position. So, yeah, you're going to have a kid who's never thrown a pass, 18 years old, has a lot of hype, has a lot of pressure on him, and I don't think they have anybody to protect him. So, like I said, the Baylor D-line, Baylor's got a good defensive line. Um, the Oklahoma defense, I'm sure, is going to be fine. The, the point total is the 14 between them and Alabama for week two. If someone gives me 14 on that, I'm betting it with both hands right now. I think it's a 14 and a half at the books I saw. Um, I'm I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Alabama. Uh, that'll probably be a five-unit play for me if that number stays there. Honestly, Texas is going to have a tough game week three against UTSA. Um, kind of a surprise team from last year, but they're stacked with P5 transfers up and down the two deep. Um they're not back. We'll see. I, I was kind of hoping Arch Manning was going to play for Lane Kiffin. Maybe he will be at Texas. Well, <laughs> I mean, I have a few things. Obviously, you're very knowledgeable about college football, BCB. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything otherwise. I think, I think you're underestimating Quinn Ewers. Um, I think, obviously, the second highest recruit ever in college football, next to Vince Young, who won a Heisman. Uh, actually, he didn't win a Heisman, but he won a national championship, won the Rose Bowl, took down Dynasty, that is, USC. Sure, it took him like two years, you know, to kind of get in the groove of things. I just looked up his stats. Wasn't too hot his freshman year, sophomore year. But I think Quinn Ewers is, is the truth. Um, you're right. I'm putting five units on that 14 and a half. I think that's a great play on Texas. Uh, that backdoor cover is going to be there, sitting there, just waiting for folks to take. Let's uh, go. September 10th. Put it, mark it on your schedule. Oh, that'll be one yeah. of our premier games. Actually, that might be one BCB that we actually put a, a personal bet, not money-wise, but we'll think of something to put, you know, fandom-wise between uh, Bama and Texas, depending on when that is. What is that sound? That's what, I'm like, what's going on here? Larry, what are you playing? <laughs> yeah, it's you, Larry. Hold on. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah, that's that's some little fetish site you had there in the background. No, I was looking up Vince Young's state. Larry, I muted you because I thought it was you. Unmute yourself. Sorry. I know you fucking muted me, you fucking ass. I thought it was you because you were laughing. <laughs> no. I was looking up Vince Young stats and some random ass ad played. I don't, I don't know. That, that's on me. That's on me. All right. Anyways, Texas to win the Big Twelve, BCB. I mean, 
BCP might have just talked me into fucking Baylor to win the Big 12, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think Texas – Texas is, doesn't have – Texas is my pick, but if next – if, like, later tomorrow, like, if I put a wager on Baylor, everybody knows why. <laughs> You're wild. I'm sticking to my pick, sticking to my guns. Texas is back. All right. I think we're going to – fucked off Texas. Wasn't that hard. Wasn't that hard to talk me off Texas. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to finish today's episode. We're going to cut this into two pieces just to help kind of divvy things up. Uh, we're going to finish with the Big Ten here, and then uh, we'll have a part two of this episode talking about the ACC, SEC, uh, the playoffs. Can you guys hear me fine? I just got to note that my internet connection is unstable. Everything good? Yeah, your fucking internet sucks in Iowa is what the fucking issue is. I'm trying. I'm trying right now. So anyways – Sucks. He's running out of AOL minutes over there. <laughs> we'll finish with the Big Ten. Hello. Part two will be the ACC, SEC, college football playoff, highest been hopefuls, whatnot. So we'll finish with the Big Ten. We obviously have the West and the East. Last year, we had, I know, uh, a tub club favorite. I think we would collectively agree that Iowa is all of our favorite teams, whether it's not your absolute favorite, but you know what? They're just what do you mean finish with the Big Ten? What the fuck are you talking about? We're going to do a part one and part two so we don't make a four-hour fucking episode to start the season off. Um, okay, so we're not doing the ACC or the SEC? Not tonight. We'll do it tomorrow, or we'll figure out a time to get it done. Ah, uh, fuck you, bub. we got to keep rolling, you fucking loser. All right, so for the Big Ten, uh, if we're looking at the West here, I think the West is one of the most competitive divisions in football next to, I think it's the Coastal and the ACC. I always screw those up. But the Big Ten West, you know, you got a couple of fighters there. Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, I think, has a shot. Uh, Minnesota. So let's just talk about them here. Uh, first off, does anyone have a team that they'd like to talk about or have some, uh, have some notes on to kick us off here? I mean, it's all—it's Ohio State. Ohio State runs the Big Ten. They're the class of the Big Ten. They're going to win the national championship. I don't—I don't know if we should start with them. We probably finish with them. But uh, all of my money is on they run the Big Ten. They always have. Michigan stinks, even though they beat them last year. But it's—it's it's Ohio State. But I don't think we should start there. All right. Well, let's start with the West. Let's talk about. Let's go with uh, Wisconsin just to kick us off here. Um, I'll start. I know they got a two-headed monster at running back. A uh, little fun fact, Graham Mertz is the first five-star uh, recruit that they had. Uh, it's been some time. Uh, I think it's, it's been over 20 years. I, I read some stats on there. But, um, you know, after he started off his game, I think it was against Illinois, his first career start. He went like 20 for 20 to start the game. Everyone anointed him as, as you know, the new coming, but – He's obviously shown his two colors. He's basically Spencer Peters 2.0. Their defense is going to be solid, like always. Uh, Top 10 defense. Uh, There's three teams in the West that actually are projected to have a top 10 defense in in the FBS. But uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on Wisconsin. You guys think they have a shot this year? Or what are your your overall opinion on them? Uh, They stink. Uh, (laughs) Mertz was a five-star quarterback because he stinks. Um, they're one of my under totals, uh, eight and a half wins 
under. Um, I think we're going to – I just don't think they're – I think they overachieved at 9-4 last year. Um, and I, I don't – I don't now people have film on Graham. Like, I don't – I think they're going to be bad this year and they'll be regression. So, uh, eight wins at the most for them. Yeah, Graham, Graham Mertz had the official stat line of bad NCAA quarterbacks last year. Sub sub 60% completion percentage, uh, 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. So I don't know. It's it's hard for me to really hate on a team here that uh, still uses a fullback and blocking tight ends. Um, I love that brand of football. They play defensive football as well. Um, I think Paul Christ has a good thing going with the program. I, I'm sure eight and four, nine and three um, is probably in their wheelhouse. I, the Big Ten West is so wide open this year that you could give me like five teams that are going to win this division, and I'm not going to talk you off of that team. Um, yeah, uh, unless Graham Mertz takes a huge step forward, though, I think the ceiling's kind of limited on this team. Um, there's not an outback bowl for them to play in anymore, but uh, maybe they'll be in the Tampa, you know, visit Tampa or Tampa Tourism Bowl or whatever it's called now. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, one of my favorite teams, I think, you know, because we're going to skip over a few here, but one of my favorites is the Minnesota Gophers. Love, love what they got. Um, if I wasn't such an Iowa homer, as, as you'll hear with our interview with Brock Farine, uh, former safety for the Gophers, definitely one of my hot picks. I think Mohamed Ibrahim uh, is one of the best, if not the best running backs in the country. Uh, their quarterback, can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, anybody off the top of my head? Peter Morgan. Thank you very much. I think he's a COVID super senior, so he obviously has the experience there. Their defense is going to be solid, one of those that are projected to be in the top 10. Looking at their schedule, they get a skip Ohio State. They get a skip Michigan. Uh, it's one of those you know crazy years with the Big Ten. So if you look at it, I mean – their schedule, if anything, is one of their biggest benefactors for the year is the one way I could see them winning the West. I love their over. I think they're sitting at, uh, let's take a look here, at seven and a half. Love the over there. I think uh, Mohamed Ibrahim didn't get hurt against Ohio State last year in the first half. They win that game. But looking at their schedule, I mean, you, you, you don't really see much there. They, they get Iowa at home. That's always a tough rivalry game. They end the season at Wisconsin. That, that could be tough, especially after stealing the Big Ten West from Wisconsin last year. Uh, but, yeah, I'll turn it over to you guys if you have any thoughts on uh, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, not a ton. I mean, I love that running back. He was a Heisman hopeful last year. He's not getting any love this year. Um, Torn Achilles is tough. Um, but, yeah, no, excited. I mean, P.J. Fleck will have those boys ready to play, so – um, I, I mean, Brock Farin was a homer and played there, but I think he picked them to win the West. Again, BCB. Yeah. Um, so go here. Uh, I was joking around with someone on Twitter last night. I think there's probably three or four guys on this Minnesota roster who have their doctorates by now. They've been in school so long. So, um, Tanner Morgan being one. Uh, I think they come in here, P.J. Fleck. They return six starters on offense, six on defense. Um, you know, Fleck's going to have them rowing the boats. I, this is interesting to me, though, when you look at it. So they should have beat Ohio State week one last year. Um, the running back gets hurt, 
kind of takes the momentum out of their sails. Then they beat Miami of Ohio 31-26, almost lose the next week to Miami of Ohio. Do lose outright to Bowling Green as 31-point <laughs> favorites two weeks after that. So the the team, the problem with this Minnesota team is ever since Flex been here, it seems like they kind of have these games that just pop up. Yeah, yeah. Where they just lose out of nowhere. Um, but they also do sneak up and beat some teams. So it's uh, – they're capable of upsets. Again, another team I'm probably saying eight and four. Um, I think they have a new offensive coordinator as well, too. So we'll see see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, Brock Brock kind of went with the homer pick. Um, would not be surprised if they're playing Ohio State and Indianapolis on the Big Ten championship game. Absolutely. Uh, one of the other teams I just want to hit on quick, and I'll kind of hit it for the wet. I mean, there's two more teams, I guess. But number one, Purdue um love Aiden O'Connell they stole two of Iowa's wide receivers number one is the the returner of the year in the Big Ten and then Tyrone Tracy probably one of my favorite players in Iowa in most recent years sad to see him go but we just don't throw the ball enough which I could see why he transferred uh but yeah Purdue we we had this team in high school right because in high school you know you run a dive you run HP tackle you run 90% of the plays I feel like or at least where I'm I'm from uh, we had this one team, though, that would spread it out, Storm Lake, Iowa, and they would just whip it around all the time, and they would be shitty for, like, five years. But once they got a quarterback and a good wide-receiving core, I think they won state, like, the year after I graduated. So that's what I see in Purdue here. I think they're one of the teams that don't fit into the Big Ten mold. I think they like to spread it out. I think uh, this is the year that they have the pieces to make, you know, make a good run at it. So, yeah, definitely going to be tough, and I, I like the over for them as well. BCB, Larry. Larry, you got anything to add on Purdue? Uh, no, I like them a lot. I mean, uh, week one, they get Penn State. Um, they, I mean, they have to set the tone there. I, I, I'll be taking them to beat Penn State outright um, week one. But, yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, I think they're just going to – they're going to sling it. Um, I agree with Bubs. They don't fit in the Big Ten. Um they did lose – they lost their uh, – David Bell, he cut yeah. most of their pass last year. Um, and they also lost their best player on defense, Carol Liftis. Um, But I still think Aiden O'Connell will do enough, and they have a pretty good tight end in um, Payne Durham. For sure. Yeah, I think – yeah, where, where I'm – here I'm based in based in the heart of the Midwest here in Indiana. So you get uh, there's a lot of love right now on Purdue. Um, kind of a lot of hype coming in on this team. I know they like Aiden O'Connell a lot. They like the two transfer wide receivers. Um, some people, some people around here like Aiden O'Connell for the Heisman. I'm not going to go that far. Um, again, Jeff Brom, hell of a coach. I, I've really liked him since he's been there. I think he, he's done a lot for that program. Um, maybe kind of have it where they need to now be interested to see how much longer he's there. Um, again, it is kind of the same way I feel about the other teams here in this division, eight and four, seven and five. And then we'll, it'll come down to like the fifth tiebreaker or something to determine who's the, the big 10 West champion. And, and we'll see, but that, that Thursday night game, um, I'm, that's going to be fun to be at the bars here in India. I'm definitely going to be out watching that game at a bar, uh, watching the Penn state, Purdue comes in as three-point underdogs, which has been a pretty profitable angle. Um, three-point home dogs for Purdue here over the last few years, I believe. I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but 
um, yeah, they 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 go to Maryland, to Minnesota, to Syracuse, uh, to Illinois, and at IU. So they don't they don't have the toughest road games there um, in the conference. Outside, you know, you got Minnesota and Wisconsin, but um, a lot of the other teams they draw at home. So we'll see we'll see what Aiden O'Connell can whip up for him on offense this year. Love it. Uh, we got two more teams now. Sorry, uh, Big Ten West. If you guys don't know, is probably one of my favorites. Obviously, the one I know the most. I feel like, but Nebraska, fucking those pieces of shit out west. Uh, just a garbage, garbage franchise, garbage history. Uh, Tom Osborne's a cheat. Scott Frost is a fraud. Um, the greatest three and nine team, though. I'll say something positive. The greatest three and nine team in college football history. Um, outside of that though, fun little stat about Nebraska to start the year off. Why I think everyone's going to be all in on them is Nebraska will face losing foes in five of its first six games and winning foes in five of its last six games in the season. So I could see them starting off hot. I could see the fan base heating up. Uh, they do have that game uh, with Oklahoma, which I'm not gonna lie. I'll watch that. I think that'll actually be a very competitive game. Casey Thompson, former Texas quarterback. No more Adrian Martinez. He should be a doctor by now by the amount of years he's been in college. But that being said, um, I despise them. I don't think they'll win the West. I think they'll have a better than three and nine season. Uh, I'll turn it over to you guys. I don't care even a little bit about Nebraska. Um, <laughs> it's crazy to me that they're, they're behind Wisconsin as favorites to win the West. Um, if I'm seeing that right. Um, maybe that has changed, but it's crazy that they're above Iowa to win the West um, <laughs> and above Minnesota and above Purdue. Are those, is, are those odds still right? So I have conference odds in front of me. BCB, do you have uh, division odds by chance? Uh, let me, yeah, let me pull it up here real quick and see. Because if, if that's true, Larry, that's fucking wild. Um... I'm seeing Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue. West Division. Yeah, so it's Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern. That's so, I mean, wild. I mean, Iowa just there. I mean, Nebraska is just better than Iowa is what I'm seeing. Well, that's not true. That's you're you're reading false. I mean, that's fake news. That's fake news. I think there's more value on Minnesota or Purdue down there than there are there is on Wisconsin, Nebraska, or Iowa. Agreed. Yeah. BCB, what do you got on Nebraska? Um, so we got Scott Frost, not a fraud, has a mythical national <laughs> championship, put some respect on it. He led UCF to a mythical national championship. Um, he comes in here now. Now we have the most anticipated quarterback head coach divorce since Tom Brady and Belichick. Adrian Martinez is gone. He's at Kansas State. So we get up, we finally get the answer to does Nebraska have a Scott Frost problem or do they have an Adrian Martinez problem? Uh, Casey Thompson comes in a guy who played well, he played well at Texas last year. Um, if you look at the power ratings, you look at the guys who, who make the numbers on the computer and then get ripped by people on Twitter because supposedly their computer algorithm hates people's teams. Uh, Nebraska was like a top 25 team last year, despite being three and nine. They're the most frustrating team I ever watched last year because you'd have Adrian Martinez miss passes left and right. Um, and you're like, dude, you've got to pull this kid. And then the next minute he's running 80 yards down the field. And you're like, all right, he might be their best player that they have here um, with Wandale Robinson gone. So 
Uh, th- I mean, Scott Frost has got to do something this year. Um, one thing nice about their schedule, though, they they I'm surprised more teams aren't going to. I'm sure more teams will start doing this actually, but they've got the week zero game, so they actually get double buys yeah. in the season. So, like you said, they play Northwestern. Um, they play them in Dublin, Ireland. So I'm sure the people of Ireland are ecstatic for that game. Probably <laughs> waiting in line for tickets and pounding Guinness right now. Uh, waiting for that sucker to kick off next week but we've got then they got North Dakota feel pretty good they'll win that game Georgia Southern think they'll win the Oklahoma game probably going to be a pretty good game it's going to be a good game they get the bye then they play Indiana at homecoming I feel pretty confident saying that uh, no matter how much Tom Allen and his boys love each other uh, that IU is not going to win that game and then you go to Rutgers uh, maybe Greg Shiano pulls the upset but I Nebraska could very well be five and one playing at Purdue uh, to take the driver's seat in the Big Ten West, and then they get another bye, and then they load up for a tough four-game stretch to end it, um, tough five-game stretch in the season. So, I, if, if Frost is going to do anything, it's got to be this year, or else they're going to be back. They're going to be looking for another head coach next year. Send them to the fucking gulag. That's where they belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were three and nine overall last year, but they were seven and five against the spread. Yeah, well, and their points for and points against were dead even, if I remember right. I think they gave up just as many points as they scored and still managed to go three and nine because they blew out, I think, Northwestern last year, which kind of helped their points for. But a little fun fact, greatest three and nine team in college football history. Fuck Nebraska. All right, let's end it with everyone's favorite, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So... I mean, what's not to say about them? Are folks looking for a national championship this year? You know, I've, I've been hearing some whispers, uh, college football playoff. But no, in all reality, uh, quarterback position is very – has always been one of our struggles. Spencer Petrus is just not that guy. Uh, our defense, we return uh, Jack Campbell, uh, already preseason All-American. Riley Moss, uh, preseason All-American. Um, so, I mean, the defense is there like it always has been. Uh, running back, we have a two, uh, two at a tandem. We, we lost one guy to the NFL wide receivers. I, I previously mentioned are two of them, two of our top three went to Purdue. So we have Arlen Bruce and we have another individual, two sophomores starting at wide out. And then Sam Laporta, future first, second round pick tight end, tight end you out of Iowa. So if we can just manage some offense uh i know that's a lot to ask that's a big thing to ask for a college team the defense will be there special teams will be there tory taylor one of the best punters in the nation you know it's tough um again i i see us as kind of an eight and four i'm gonna throw out a nine and three possibility depending on those 50 50 games but i'll turn it over to you guys what are your guys thoughts on iowa uh it's gonna be a down year uh it's very tough schedule um I mean, the first four weeks should be wins. Uh, you'll probably lose to Michigan. And then I, the second half of your schedule is tough. Um, at Ohio State, you get Northwestern at home, then at Purdue, you get Wisconsin. I mean, it's a gauntlet. Your second half of the season's a gauntlet. Uh, I mean, at Ohio State, at Purdue, at Minnesota, uh, that that's tough. Um, I think probably nine and three ish on a down year i'll take nine and three i love that i love yeah that. 
I think I was actually a program that, you know, some of these other mid-tier kind of P5 schools should aspire to be. Like, you look at it, they're a ranked team every year. They have a chance to win or at least go to the conference championship every year. Um, you know, you can do a lot worse than winning eight, nine, ten games a year and being ranked all the time. Uh, I was number two at one point last year. People forget. So, um, like you said, that the second half, I, I said this earlier, I think we were messaging you uh, a couple weeks back. South Dakota State's going to give them a game week one. I think that's going to be a little closer game than people think. South, South Dakota State destroyed Colorado State week one last year and, like, bullied them, ran all over them. Um, haven't dug into FCS as much this year, but South Dakota State's always a tough team. From there, uh, we'll see, like you said, that gauntlet, that second half of the season um, at Ohio State, then you've got to play at home versus Northwestern, who's – uh, like Brock Green said, always always a physical team uh, when you're playing against Northwestern, even if they're three and nine, four and eight, play a physical brand of football, and then you got to go to Purdue. So that you're gonna you're gonna have a pretty good idea on what Iowa season looks like after that three game stretch. Um, again, that could, yeah, I think they could win the West, but for, yeah. I hope they do well for a guy who likes fullbacks and blocking tight ends. Um, but man, they have not been able to get anything from the quarterback position for going on decades now. So it's been a while. I mean, I still dream of Brad Banks, Ricky Stanzi, CJ Bethard, you know, that we've had some some glim some glimmers, some some rays of sunshine, but yeah, it just hasn't been there. So let's move to the east. Uh well, I mean, I think we can agree. I think we're unanimous in saying that we see Ohio State winning it. But, um, you know, the first team I just want to chat a little bit about, a team that I really loved last year, first winning season in four years, that'd be the Maryland Terrapins. I think, uh, again, another solid program that's really starting to find its legs to his little brother at quarterback. He's one of those quarterbacks that can throw for 353 touchdowns. Or I think he played a game last year. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I think it was – I'm not going to pull up, but at Michigan State, I think it was – he was, you know, one touchdown, three picks, 170 yards. So you don't really know what type of game you're going to get from him. They do have a great wide receiving core. Uh, overall, I think a solid team. Uh, they return, let's see, eight on offense, 10 on defense. So the the consistency will be there. But, you know, I, I like Maryland. I, I, I liked them last year. They hit my over total. And then for this year, we got them at – um. Five and a half. So, yeah, I think that's an easy over minus 135. Uh, I think I, I see the wins there looking at the schedule, but didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on Maryland. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot. Um, it, I, it's going to depend on how if their defense can make any stops. Um, and if uh, Tagliavola cannot make mistakes and throw interceptions. Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, they went seven and six last year and three and six in the big, big 10. So, um, yeah, I mean, not, not a ton. I, I don't mind that over, um, but yeah, don't care about them a lot. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be who they've been the whole time under Michael Oxley. Um, they're going to beat the hell out of really bad teams. And then they're going to get the hell beat out of my teams that are better and more physical than they are. Uh, one of my favorite quotes when I was reading, reading evaluations from defensive coordinators on quarterbacks um, and other players they face. One defensive coordinator talking about Talia um, to his little brother here basically just said, uh, one sentence quote, well, he's not afraid to throw the ball. 
Like that, that's kind of who he is. They'll have games where he's going to have three or four interceptions and they get blown out. Um, this is Maryland. Maryland's a team I love betting on or betting against. So to back it up, they were five and one against the spread last year in games that they won. They were zero and six against the spread in games that they lost. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, Loxley's in a good spot. They've added some some transfer players. They've hit the portal up. But a lot of people are high on this team. Um, it's fine. It, it's going to be one of those. They'll, they'll be playing like Michigan or somebody, and you're going to get suckered in and taking like the 17 points, and Hardball's going to have 300 rushing yards on them, and you're going to be like, dude, I'm the biggest idiot for betting Maryland. <laughs> um, it's kind of how it goes. Like I said, you either bet on them beat the hell out of a, good, out of a bad team, or you bet on them to get the shit beat out of them by a really good team. Got it. No, I think that's good analysis, and, and that's true. And I like the stat, though, about when they win 5-1 and one against spread, 0-6 oh, when they lose. But And you know who they didn't – the one team they didn't cover against when they won? Iowa? No, uh, Illinois. Oh, okay. All right. Well, did you – you said you wanted to talk a little bit about Illinois. Did I mishear that or – no, maybe not. I uh, no, yeah, I don't, I don't have much to add there. That was support <laughs> in the chat there. They'll uh, upset Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he'll, he'll get a Brett Belimo will get you some wins. They'll be like five and seven, and no one's really going to care. And then we'll be <laughs> talking like, in the offseason about like how's Illinois not better. So. <laughs> it looks like they took the offensive coordinator from UTSA, very loony. Illinois did, yeah, to implement a whole new offensive system. All right, I like it. Yeah, I, but- I feel like they up they upset someone every year. I don't know why. Or how it happens, but they'll they'll upset someone in the big. Hey, Brett Lima was a guy though. Think about like the perception of him before he went to Arkansas versus after Arkansas. Like I, the guy could probably still coach football. I, I don't oh, think he lost the ability. No, no, he was great at Wisconsin, and then when he went to Arkansas, I thought it was going to be a great fit, and it just didn't work out. And their quarter, their projected starter's quarterback's name is Tommy DeVito. I just think that's hilarious. Uh, he's from Syracuse, and uh, he was not very good. let's hop over to our last three teams penn state michigan ohio state we'll start with penn state um a team that again the the players are there james franklin gets the recruits but when you when you start clifford sean clifford in a football game it's just again i think there's so much emphasis on on the qb position in and more if not any in the big 10 because Obviously, we all know the run game and the defenses are going to be there in the Big Ten, but having that ability to have a, a, a quarterback that can complete, you know, something more than a three-yard, seven-yard slant, I think that's really their downfall. They open the season at Purdue. I think that's going to be a tough, tough game. And again, not how you want to start the season. Uh, they don't. They do get at Michigan. That's going to suck. They get Ohio State at home. Probably going to be a wideout game. One of my favorite games to watch. Uh, but I, I don't see much out of this team. I think they're stuck in the East, and uh, it's going to suck for for a couple years until I think actually they have a five star coming in at quarterback. I think he's redshirting this year, or he's he's sitting this year. But uh, Penn State, I, I don't really I don't see too much value in, and um, yeah, I, I'm taking the under on on their win total at under eight. They did start the season five and zero last year. And then Clifford got hurt at Iowa, and they went seven and six. 
I'm not a believer in Clifford. I think James Franklin will be on the hot seat this year uh, after they lose to Purdue week one. Um, they Clifford could – I. I think Clifford got a raw deal last year. That offensive line just was awful. He, I felt like he was just getting sacked every other play. Iowa's defense isn't that good. I do like Jack Campbell, but um, even Auburn, he got beat up against Auburn in the whiteout game. Auburn should have won, but I think Bo Nix threw the game away by probably bumbling or throwing an interception. I don't remember exactly what happened, but that was the whiteout game last year. I had Auburn, I think Bubs had Penn State. I forget what was on the line that week, but I think I lost that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have very high hopes for them. They probably get eight wins, uh, if that. Um, and that's all I got. Got it. Yeah, this is uh, so. This is a team that the power ratings really like a lot. Um, I've seen some some guys that I know that, that make their own algos. Um, that are a little higher on Penn State. So that kind of caught my eye. What, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Would you both be higher on Penn State if their quarterback was, say, Will Levis? Well, I, I don't like Will Levis. I think, he's, I think he's overrated, but I think Will Levis is still better than Sean Clifford. I think Sean Clifford might be better than Will Levis, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I find that interesting. Well, I'm just curious because Will Levis is getting a whole bunch of hype from people this year, and Penn State had their choice between the two. Will Levis was on the team here, and they obviously chose chose Sean Clifford. So, um, yeah, Will Levis he had he had started I think a couple games when Clifford was hurt, and then but yeah, they ended up choosing Clifford. So I honestly think Clifford's fine. Um, I think he's a good enough quarterback to win you games in college football. I just think there's a brutal schedule. This is another team that could be, you know, eight and four, nine and three, and still kind of grayed out as one of the best 10 or 15 teams in the country. Um, that Auburn game will be really interesting when they go to Auburn um, with all the turmoil that Auburn's had. Auburn's been a tough place to play. Um you know, for going on what, like a decade now. So yep. they've had some really good teams there. They, they've got to go to Purdue, to Auburn, to Michigan. They get Ohio State at home. Um, but, you know, to, they've got a stretch there after the Ohio State game where they've got IU, Maryland, Rutgers. Um, so, it's you know, they've, they've got some – if they can start, they could very well start if they get the Purdue game, the Auburn game. They're 5-0. and um, They probably lose at Michigan – the Minnesota game, I'll say that's a toss-up. They lose Ohio State. They don't have a lot of other games on their schedule that you say those are for sure losses. So I think a matter of it, it's going to, you know, how healthy can they stay? How healthy can you stay with Clifford with a guy that takes some hits quarterback? But um, I think the potential is there for Penn State to have a really good year. They could they could easily end up being the second-best team in this division, I think. Uh, agreed. And speaking of that, uh, obviously not the second-best. They, they won the East last year, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, losing a ton of talent to the NFL. I'm looking here, seven defensive starters to the NFL. Uh, obviously, we all know Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo. Uh, they do have, I think it's a two-headed monster again at running back. Their offense, I think, is going to be set. They have two quarterbacks to choose from, in a sense. I think, I don't know if they've named a starter yet. You guys might have to check me on that. But I think this is a huge, huge letdown year. Um, obviously they start the year off hot, couple cupcakes, Colorado state, Hawaii, 
they get a four game start uh, homestand to start, but then they go at Iowa. And I'm not talking this as a homer, but that's going to be a night game and a night game at Kinnick. It hasn't been announced yet, especially with the revenge factor. I think that could be some fireworks, but then you look at the rest of the schedule though. I mean, at Indiana, if I'm going to go on the road, I want to play Indiana. If I'm going to go on the road, I want to play Rutgers. Um, and then they get Nebraska, Illinois, Penn State, Michigan State at home. I mean, the team's going to have a good record. They're going to end it at Ohio State, and that's going to be uh, – I'm going to fucking – I'm going to DVR that game just so I can watch it over and over. But I think they're going to get piss-pounded there. But outside of that, I think they're going to be a solid team. I don't think their schedule is going to reflect it, though. I don't think they're going to really play that level of competition uh, to get noticed um, or to, to make a statement if they somehow do make the college football playoff. But what do you guys think? Uh, I think Michigan's offense will be good. Um, I don't know if they have big play capability to uh, kind of hang with like Ohio State, basically. Um, I think they're the first part of their season. Um, no, never mind. Um, they have no one in the first four weeks. So I'm lying. Um, at Iowa, week five is probably their toughest game. I mean, looking at their schedule, it's not extremely difficult schedule. Uh, I don't, uh, this team probably wins 10 games. Again, whether – I mean, I guess we'll see whether it's McNamara or McCarthy at quarterback. Um, but they still have – that offense is still just loaded. They're – I mean – it will depend on how good their defense is. I mean, they're losing. They lost three of their best playmakers to the NFL. Aiden um, yep. and David Jabo and Dax Hill. So um, we'll see if they can re- replace those players on defense. I think defense is really defense in their run game is how they won games last year. Yep. What do you got, BCB? Yeah, so and they also lose their defensive coordinator from last year too. He's with the Baltimore Ravens now, so um, that could end up being a big loss for him. Uh, really, they won football games last year because they beat the hell out of people. They were more physical. Jim Harbaugh plays that brand of football I love, so he's got fullbacks blocking tight ends. Um, I'm interested to see how the two quarter. Uh, from what I've heard, they're going to go back to the two quarterback thing again uh, and play both the kids. I think at some point they're going to have to make a decision. Uh, yeah, I mean, you saw they played Georgia. They played a team as physical as they were, and they got bullied. So, oh. what you know, like what happens there? Like you said, I don't know that they have as much big and as many big play guys as Ohio State does. Um, it's hard to look at this schedule and say they don't win at least ten games. What I find interesting, though, and, the, and a huge argument here on why we keep the CFP at four is because there's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, that uh, that Ohio State game is going to be a de facto playoff game. And it's a rivalry again now. They've beat them for the first time in like 12 years. Um, if Michigan comes into that game undefeated or 10-1 and one, and Ohio State's undefeated, can you imagine the, the hype that's going to be around that game that week? Oh, yeah. I mean – and I think we disagree there because I saw your comment in the chat about we're moving to a 12 team and you, you, you didn't like that, but, um, and maybe I, I misread that, but yeah, I mean, I think Ohio state's going to murder them. I think like, I think you both make good points. I, th- I think they'll be there, but let's wrap it up with our last team. I'm not even going to say much. I think the media covers it, you know, uh, Ohio state, it's my pick to win the big 10, unfortunately, um, I, I'm not really going to say much. I'm going to leave this one to you two. Uh, I think there's some Heisman hopefuls there, but what do you guys got? I think the most important thing is they need to stop the run. 
Um, and they'll have to set that tone. Week one against Notre Dame, uh, they're going to have to stop the run. Uh, I mean, that offense is going to be electric. They're going to put, I don't know, 45 points on the board each week. They're going to be favored by fucking three touchdowns each week. Um, I mean, one of their three players on offense is going to win the Heisman, whether it's Stroud, uh, Jackson and Nigba, or uh, Trevion Henderson. One of them is going to win the Heisman. I, I will take one of them to win the Heisman. Um, I definitely think one will win the Heisman. Uh, they're going to lead the nation in scoring. It all comes down to defense. Um, and it, it looks like they brought in a new defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've taken them to win the national championship. Um, I think they're going to be very mad. Um, I think Ryan Day is going to drill into them that we don't lose to Michigan. Um, they're going to be angry. They'll probably – they'll score – it looks like they scored – 45 points. They averaged 45.7 points per game last year. I think they'll probably average more this year. It all comes down to Ohio State versus Alabama. Yeah, the the biggest question in college football this year is, is Ohio State fix the run defense? Um, if they don't get bullied up front, which like we talked with Brock Marine, you, you look at the roster. Um, from a talent standpoint, there's no reason. There's no reason for that, for them to be getting ran on and struggling on third down. Interesting what we said. Uh, so if you go back to 2019, from the start of the 2019 season to now, Ohio State has only been favored by less than 14 points in a game twice. Both of those games were at Michigan. Uh, I think it's going to be much more the same this year. They're going to be the best team, the most talented team. They're the only SEC team in the Big Ten uh, in terms of how they're they're built and from a talent standpoint. So. Yeah, I think Jim Knowles is going to fix it. Um, I don't know what his contract looks like. Imagine Ohio State paid him a bunch of money to fix it. Uh, people around the program seem to think it's fixed. Um, the main thing, yeah, if they can stay healthy. Uh, I know they've got like four guys they like at wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigma might be the best wide receiver um, in college football in the last 10 years. Um, he's Travion Henderson, same way he's dynamic home run threat. Uh, their backup running back did get hurt in practice today. He's out for the season. Um, I'm sure that Ohio State has another guy to step in there. Um, CJ Stroud struggled a little bit early in the year last year. They let him sit out the Akron game. Apparently he had a shoulder injury. And then if you look at his numbers, it was all, it, it was gravy from there. So um, yeah, if Ohio State stops the run, I don't know who's beating them, and you're getting Alabama, Ohio State. Um, if they come out, the Notre Dame game week one, you're going to know. If Notre Dame's running it, then they're going to have a lot of problems this year. Um, if they're getting bullied on the ground, then, then maybe the Big Ten's more wide open, and I'm ripping up national championship futures here for <laughs> Ohio State. But uh, as of right now, they're my number one pick. I love it. Yeah, they they lost their third string on him back today. They still have uh, Mayan Williams is still their backup, so they'll still be they'll be all right there. I'm, I'm uh, sure they've got like a four or five star freshman too. That's third string that can step. Same in. with, I mean, same with all over their defense. Like they got five. I think Brock said they just have five stars all over that defense. They just need they just need a coach that will come and put it together for the guys. All right. Well, again, that wraps up, you know, just part one here. We talked through Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10. We have a nice interview here with you guys for Brock Vereen, who we've referenced throughout the call today. Uh, outstanding uh, college football analyst for the Big 10 Network. 
former safety at Minnesota Golden Gophers. We'll have the picks for you guys. As you know, our part one and part two episodes to start the season are a little bit long. Going into the season, you can expect them about an hour or so long, along with our interviews too. Everyone, hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for joining. Listen through, put those tickets in. As we all know, Texas is back. Don't listen to BCB. Um, Folks, appreciate your time. Let's fucking have a day. I dig it. Rock, first off, thanks for taking the time. Uh, Of course, man. Of course. Where uh, where are you guys all, all located? Uh, I'll start. I'm here in Iowa, Big Ten country. Here we go. I'm I'm in South Carolina. I'm in uh, golf country. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in Indianapolis, so I'm right in the heart of Big Ten country. There we go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, uh, 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 I can guess who you two root for, but South Carolina, Larry, (laughs) who are you pulling for? Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, so I actually went to Coastal Carolina. So, oh, perfect! I love it. It I'm is a, a uh, it is a good time to uh, to be pulling for them. Yeah, Grayson McCall's a stud. Uh, a lot of turnover, but uh, I, I go to a Clemson game each year, and I'm I'm pretty okay. excited about South Carolina finally being back. Yeah, um, so that should be exciting. It's gonna be fun, man. The um, my uh, I guess quote unquote. Uh, team to watch uh, is definitely Arkansas, but South Carolina, assuming Rattler gets it together, which he should for fresh start and everything. South Carolina is going to ruin a couple seasons for sure. I put a, uh, I put an embarrassing amount of money on KJ Jefferson last year to win the highest bid. <laughs> it's, it is insane, man. Jefferson stats for what I, well, I, I I get why it happened. It's because nobody really expected much, so no one was really watching yeah. Arkansas until maybe like week eight. But his his stats were insane. Like he's oh yeah a top five quarterback in the country, and nobody cares currently because you know it's 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 the SEC. It starts with with Bama, Georgia, and then everyone else. But he's he's incredible. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I actually uh, I actually don't have an allegiance to any one school in particular. I, okay, I'm, I'm a Lane Kiffin fan. And I, I, like I needed uh, I needed Matt Corral for a not insignificant amount of money to win the Heisman last year. <laughs> I, I thought at like week six, I thought I was going to make like a hundred thousand. So no, no ankle injury. It w- it would have been a lot uh, better odds. I am I'm I'm sorry to hear that things went the way that they did. He was like he was like minus one ten at one point. So I actually <laughs> cashed out. Uh, I cashed out some of my futures that I had on it. So okay. I moved it to like so I went from needing them for like in the ballpark of six figures to around like seventy thousand. But when I cashed it out, uh, when I cashed it out, I got all my stuff paid for. So I ended up up on the net. But that's all that matters. All that matters. I love it. Oh. All right, Brock. So we'll kick it off again. Thanks for taking the time to meet with us sure. here. Of course. Just really want to talk about you know your 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 college career, what it was like being a Gopher. You know, you had uh, got drafted in the NFL. So I'm just going to go ahead and kick us off right here. So. Your your brother went to the West Coast. You went to Minnesota. What what drove you to Minnesota? What what was it about the college? Uh, did Iowa recruit you? Uh, I, I just kind of want to know a little bit about that yeah. recruiting process. What that was like. I grew up a Michigan fan. Uh, it was probably just 
the helmets and the fact that they were really good in the 90s. Uh, so I grew up a Michigan fan and therefore became a huge Big Ten fan. My uncle lived and currently lives in Minneapolis. So we would grow up when we were growing up, we'd visit him all the time. So I loved the Big Ten. I knew the city of Minneapolis. So when the when when Minnesota offered, I, I, I didn't think that they recruited California, honestly, but they offered. I looked at the roster. They had California kids. I said, all right, I'm definitely doing this. It was it was tough to convince my mom. Um, she wanted me to go to Stanford. Her brother, my, my brother was at Berkeley. She was able to see him whenever she wanted. And, uh, I was, you know, naturally she wanted me to be close by. So it, it took about a week to convince her, uh, but she finally got on board. It was it was the greatest, man. That, that city uh, will always have a special place in my heart. And okay. I, I go back any chance that I get. And the uh, snow was an adjustment, but it was more of a uh, more of a novelty thing because you know I, I had seen snow before growing up right. in Southern California, but my first winter there was when the Metrodome collapsed, and it was in recorded oh, history cool. one of the worst winters that they've ever had. Yeah. But I loved it because it was like, oh, this is such a new thing that I've never experienced before. By my senior year, I was sick of it. But I was able to get through the winners because I, I was just excited to be in a new environment. Okay, okay, I dig it. Larry, BCB, what you got? Uh, I was trying to track down kind of your playing career. I'm actually originally from Boston, born and raised right okay. outside. The- so question number one, did you get to celebrate the 2015 Super Bowl win over Seattle? I want to know, were you on the duck boat with your brother for the parade? <laughs> I was still uh, a member of the Bears for that year. Of course, I was at the game watching uh, watching my brother. But funny enough, the the Malcolm Butler interception probably I, I would arguably say one of the greatest plays in the history of sports. Although I was in the stadium, I missed it because they're sitting there on what was it the two yard line or whatever, yeah. and. And we're, I mean, you know, the, the whole family's there. My, my grandparents, you know, we, we have some older members of the family there in a packed stadium. And I'm assuming, okay, they're going to hand it off to Marshawn and we need to get out of here because this is going to be nuts. Like we need to get out of here. So I bend over to pick up coats. There were like a couple coats on the ground because, you know, your grandparents are always cold. And as I'm picking up the coats, everyone around me goes crazy. And I was like, oh, the the, the Seahawks scored. But then I realized, wait, no, like the people that I'm sitting around are cheering. And I look up and I just see uh, Brandon Brown or like running around like this. And I was like, what happened? I missed the play. I had to look at the jumbotron to realize what just happened. And I was like, oh, my God. But because I had all the coats packed, I said, actually, this is a good thing. It's going to take time for my grandparents to get down on the field. So we should just leave right now. Uh, So I missed the play, but we were one of the first people on the field because everything was already uh, gathered up. Okay. So you did you I I think you so you joined the Patriots the following training camp? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the. uh, about halfway through the next season, I joined, uh, bounced against the Broncos in the AFC championship that year. Uh, in that final, I forget, it was like, it was a red zone play. Kind of heaved, heaved the, Tom kind of heaved it up to Gronk. Uh, it was incomplete. And then, uh, and yeah, so I was there the year in between um, the Seahawks 
and the Falcons comeback win. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, just one more question on that. Yeah. Just uh, what, what was it like playing for Matt Patricia, yeah. Stephen Belichick, and Bill Belichick? Like, what? Oh, they're awesome. Awesome, man. Matt, Matt Patricia, uh, like far and beyond one of the just greatest people ever uh so so thankful to even have a small chapter of my life uh with him like football stuff aside not even on the the uh the football field the you know the classic stigma of any patriots coaches it's football through and through and we're gonna be hard and we're gonna be jerks and yada yada and i i see now why that persona is what they want to put out uh couldn't be further from the truth once you're um inside the walls it's definitely a special spot uh, in my heart for Matt, Steve as well, who was the safeties coach while I was there, of course, got to know him. And then uh, Josh Boyer, who's now the DC in Miami, was the corners coach. Um, so I worked with him as well. The entire defensive staff was great. And then you got guys like Dev McCourty, who basically is a coach. Uh, and just you, 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 you don't really, I, I, I appreciated it while I was there, but you don't, it doesn't really settle in until the football days are behind you. You're like, man, there's a lot of people in here that will be in the Hall of Fame in, in one aspect or another, whether it be coaching uh, or playing. And to be able to say that uh, I got to spend some of my life with them, it's a cool thing. Appreciate it. I'm a diehard Patriots fan, so love <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, man. AFC, uh, AFC East should be interesting. Obviously, it's the Bills division to lose. Personally, I feel uh, Miami's going to gonna handle biz this year, I was a, a little shocked that uh, there weren't, weren't more moves to uh, to 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 get Mac. Uh, I'm 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 not gonna say help, but uh, you know more 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 weapons. But it's the Patriots. It's it's worked in the past, so there's no use in, in guessing it now. So yeah, not, not there'll be nine or ten wins. Maybe have a chance at a second wild card, but I mean, AFC West is just so hard with Russ and. Russ Wilson joining and the Raiders, McDaniels being out there. Uh, the West is going to be crazy this there year. There could be three playoff teams coming out of the AFC West. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Sure. BCB, what do you got? Yeah. So I was going to say, speaking of West Coast teams here, kind of leads into a topic that I'm sure nobody has uh, asked you about yet. Uh, so Big Ten expansion, adding a USC, <laughs> UCLA. Um, just, I'm kind of curious, do you know, like what that's going to look like from a travel schedule standpoint with these teams having to fly across the country, like three, four times a year now, because, uh, I'll look it up. I'll give you a quick trivia question. Do you okay. know the last time USC played a true road game against a big 10 team? Dude, I can't even imagine who that was it Iowa. No, nah, so it was uh, Minnesota 2010. Oh my God! It was us. <laughs> it was a decade ago. Oh my God, that is insane. Yeah, not not counting Notre Dame, they've only played really two true road games um, across the country. One was Minnesota in 2010. The other was Boston College in 2014. Yeah, we did a we we did a home and home with them. My freshman year, and my sophomore year. Sophomore year, of course, was 
was out here. We lost by two. Our kicker missed a kick uh, in the fourth quarter, but clearly I'm over it. Um, <laughs> no way. It was us. For, for some reason, I'm picture. You know what? Maybe they played Iowa in a bowl game. I think that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, I think they played Iowa in, in the Sun Bowl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of bowl games in there. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Travel. Yeah, so football won't be back because football, regardless of where you play, um you're getting home at like 1am, right? Like whether you're playing against Iowa and, and which should be a quick turnaround getting back home or like when we played UNLV, we, we had to go to UNLV my junior year, I think senior year. Um, you're getting home at 1am. If the frat house has a party, you're going to go over there for a couple hours and you're going to go to practice on Sunday morning, right? It's not a big deal. The other sports, I, I personally feel this was a, uh let's just say yes now and figure out logistics later we can be honest it doesn't make sense outside of financials but colleges are business and financials are enough of a reason in in a lot of cases like basketball right basketball plays games on tuesdays and thursdays softball like ucla softball is on par with alabama for football right and like now they're so we have to fly to Penn state on Tuesday, play Wednesday, uh, drive to Rutgers Friday for, for a game on Friday. Like we've missed an entire week of school, right? It's, it's basketball and softball. I don't know how that's going to work from a recruitment standpoint. Um, obviously Southern California, specifically orange County is a hotbed of baseball talent. If I'm 16 years old, I'm, I I don't know if I want to play baseball in, New Jersey in March, right? Like there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that, that goes in. Now on the flip side of things, um, it will help football recruitment a ton. The biggest issue that Southern California has had is holding on to their talent, right? Look at the top quarterbacks from, from years ago, like Alabama, Ohio state, Notre Dame, Clemson. Like these are all kids who grew up. I, I, I covered high school football out here with Fox sports for four years. I covered all these kids. They all grow up in the same 20 mile radius. None of them are playing in California because they, you know, let's face it. There's, there's, there's a bigger stage than the PAC 12 currently. It will help USC and UCLA because now they can go to those kids and say, Hey, you're, we're still playing on the biggest stage and now your family can come to more home games. So um, kind of got, divert a little bit there I, I ramble a lot in regards to football it will help in regards to all the other sports who don't only play on weekends I I'm interested to hear some some stories come 2024 it's gonna be tough yeah so so Brock when you did play at Minnesota what would you say kind of like a two-part question here what would you say is the best team that you know you guys from a gopher perspective played against and then where was the toughest place to play in the Big Ten? I'll do toughest place to play first because I'll have to think best team we played against. I want to say uh, Terrell Pryor's final year at Ohio State, uh, but there may be another one. So I'll say uh, toughest place to play is Northwestern because Northwestern, really? they don't want to play night games. They want to play in the morning. Northwestern does everything they can to play at 11 a.m. and it's miserable. It, it's 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 cold because yeah. the uh, lake 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 Michigan's right there. Yep. It's freezing cold. Their grass is way too high. They never cut it. <laughs> it, it, it is ankle high grass. It's it's dewy. It, it's like when you play pop water football 
and yeah. you're in like the mighty might league at seven years old. So they just throw you out there at 7 a.m. Because who cares, right? That yeah. that's what it feels like. like students haven't woken up yet because <clears throat> we drank yeah. all night. Yep. Like they'll they'll be there by by halftime. And <laughs> Northwestern, the the genius of Coach Fitzgerald, they they practice at the crack of dawn every morning because they yeah. know, yeah. hey, we want the majority of our games to be in the morning. So you're out there stretching and yawning. You're waking up in your hotel at 5:30 in the morning. North Northwestern's ready to rock. Yep. The some of the worst football we ever played was the first quarter at Northwestern. It, it was just impossible right. to be awake. It was right. a nightmare. Hated playing there. Um, and like any Pat Fitzgerald coach team, they were so disciplined. They make no mistakes. You 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 can beat them, but they weren't going to beat themselves, right? They were not right. going to beat themselves, which is why I think the recent struggles um of last year were, were 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 so shocking but they'll they'll get back on track this year for sure yeah toughest team um th- that ohio state team that was my freshman year though i i wasn't yeah. i wasn't starting so i feel like that's a cheap answer wisconsin <laughs> when they had uh they had john clay i i hated i hated playing against him yeah, i forget yeah. who the quarterback was scott tolzine i think was his name um no actually actually it wasn't that year it was the wisconsin team that had uh i think monty ball and james white were there i believe i think russell uh wilson was the quarterback and they had jared aberderis and nick toon at receiver uh and i'm blanking on the tight end's name but obviously he went to the nfl because it's wisconsin tight end um (laughs) they were just stacked and on defense uh actually you know what Russell Wilson threw, I think he completed like 83% of his passes against us in the game. It, it was, <laughs> I've never been that frustrated because you have two standout running backs. So you have right. to load the box. Russell Wilson would drop back. We'd get pressure, but he would just roll out, find Aberderis. And it was, that's about as frustrated as I've been. And then defensively, what was that middle linebacker that they had? He got drafted by San Fran, but then he retired. Uh, was it, uh, was his last name or? Was no. It- uh, shorter white guy he had like yeah, two I, I know chris, chris um chris borland chris borland yeah, was his name okay Th- there are two stretches of plays that i remember as being the best stretch of plays i've ever seen defensively it was my rookie year yep. on the bears playing against carolina uh luke keekley had a a tfl a sack and an interception i believe on three consecutive plays second place is Chris Borland who did the same exact thing I believe it was my junior year he had a sack a TFL and then he got an interception almost got a pick six and I remember watching from the sideline like this kid is incredible like legitimately knew what not just our offense like every offense he knew what was going to happen before it happened he was just the smartest guy ever I'll say that team um I think they I think that was the team that lost in the Rose Bowl because of that that weird spike thing or something. Yep, with yep, uh, yep. yeah, that 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 team was was so frustrating to play. Yeah, no, I remember the Russell teams, the Wisconsin teams. Obviously, they're legit. They're they're just yeah. a powerhouse year in year out. And it's funny that you said Northwestern. We actually had Drew Tate on last year. Oh, okay, yeah. And that was his first response too. We go, "Where's the toughest place to play?" He goes, "Northwestern." That cold air yeah. off Lake Michigan at 11 a.m. He goes, "No, not having it." It's miserable it's it's miserable in such a unique in such a unique way it's an intimate 
atmosphere, right? Like yeah, you can, yeah. like, I can hear my mom in the stands. Like it's, it's such, it's so eerie and you just have to scratch and claw through the first yeah. half and not be like, you're, you're, you're going to be down at halftime. You just need to keep it close to where when you wake up in the third quarter, you know, you can kind of get, get things right. back on track. I dig it. BCB law. What do you guys got? Uh, I'll just add to that. I'll say that so a couple of years ago, Northwestern actually played in the Big Ten title game against yeah. Ohio State, and yeah. they like bust a whole bunch of students and stuff down the Indy to hang out for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and there was not a more fun fan base to party with at the bars that I've been out with in the Northwestern kids because they're all like, dude, we know we're going to get killed. We're just here to have fun. And those <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's nothing better than. Uh... What's a great way to put it? Uh, an appreciative fan base, right? The the um, the Alabama fans, the, these uh, Ohio State is guilty of it every now and then. Of if we don't make the national championship, I'm disappointed. It's like okay, the coach can think that way. The players should think that we're like you're you're a fan, like you just just enjoy it and have fun along the ride. Which is why like, Northwestern fans are great. Uh, IU fans are great. Indiana Hoosier fans are incredible. They are here to have fun. And if we win, cool, but we're going to have a blast doing it. Uh, Nebraska is another tough place to play because their fans are so nice. It's, it's oh. such like they, 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 they clap for you. They like pat you on the back. Like, so when you leave the away locker room and you walk to the field, there's a tunnel of Nebraska fans. And, you know, you, you play at Iowa and stuff. All right, who's, who's going to throw a snowball at me or a beer can or something? They're, like, patting you on the back. They they know your life story. They're like, oh, I hope you're, you're a brother and is enjoying New England. Like, what, what is going on? It's so weird. But also a very nice group uh, of people. So the players, I've, I've heard. I've heard it's a little more hostile in the uh, stands. But as far as the players uh, uh, concerned, they're, they're really nice. Larry, what do you got? Uh, just curious about like your journey to the Big Ten Network since retiring. Yeah. I, I I heard in an interview that I give you a lot of credit. In college, you did an internship at the NFL Network, yeah. where you already had life after college in mind. I, I'm sure a lot of players don't even have, don't even consider that where a lot of them should today. Mm -hmm. um, but how's that journey been? And I guess. Even when you were playing the NFL, it seemed like you already had you already had a career planned after your playing days, which I give you a lot of credit. I really think that's smart and kind of just shows who you are and your character. Thank you, man. Thank you. Re really appreciate that. The, one of the benefits I had was uh, having a brother who was going through it, right? He, he yeah, because... He was a senior, I'm sorry, he was a junior in college when I was a freshman and he left as a junior. So I got three years to see what the NFL lifestyle is like and you're not going to be there forever, right? And uh, I really learned immediately, okay, whatever I want to do after football, I should start it now because who knows how long it's, it's, it's going to be. So that's, that's where the idea came from. And Shane shot something at NFL Network, which is, which headquarters, of course, are in LA. And in the off season, we're, we're hanging out out here and working out. And long story short, just in conversation, I met a guy and he's like, hey, why don't like next time you have a summer break or in between spring ball, why don't you just come out and an intern for us? 
And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I hope you're serious because I'll, I'll sign the, the, the paper right now. <laughs> so I was able to do an internship and I knew, I thought that's what I wanted to do, right? When I was going through high school, even I, I grew up on Stuart Scott. I wanted to be Stuart Scott like any kid did. And I, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then I got an internship. I got to see them shoot NFL AM. I, well, th- that's what it w- was called. It's Good Morning Football now. Um, I saw them shoot it and I was like, oh, I have to be able to do this. Senior year, that was after my junior year summer. Going into my senior year, um, the local radio station in Minneapolis would have me on once a week. And that's when I was like, okay, like I got to keep, keep this, this ball rolling. So that's how it happened. Um, as far as getting to uh, the Big Ten Network, I was covering high school sports out here for four years. And thankfully, you know, LA and Orange County is, is producing as much talent as anywhere. So it, it was some, you know, high profile games. Like I saw CJ Stroud as a sophomore. I, oh, that guy's going to be good. Seeing uh, Bryce Young, one of the best high school players ever from day one, you knew is the truth. Uh, DJ Uyunglele as a sophomore taking over for um, uh Quarterback once you say uh Josh Josh Rosen. Josh Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, yeah. Um, and just seeing these guys, and because of that, there was a high profile. So we like, you know, high school football, we were getting insane viewership because oh, this kid's committed to Alabama. You have all of Tuscaloosa watching this high school game. (laughs) You have all the entire state of South Carolina. The second that DJ committed there, everyone's watching that game. So it was great to get my feet wet, but at the same time, it was still high stakes. Uh, because everyone from out of state is watching. And I, I cut my teeth there for four years. I was very bad at first because you're allowed, you're going to be bad the first time you do something. Yeah. Had the greatest team around me, got to learn from the best guys. And then met with Quentin Carter, who runs some stuff over there at Big Ten. And last year interviewed. And here we are a year later going into uh, going into the second season. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. BCB, what else you got? Yeah, so uh, we'll kind of flip it here to this year for uh, Big Ten. So I think the Big Ten West is actually one of the most fascinating divisions this year uh, in all of college football. So who's your pick to uh, be representing that division in Indianapolis this year against Ohio State is who I'm picking out of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As obvious as it is as biased as it is the the stars are aligning for minnesota you have a quarterback a running back your quarterback your running back and your number one wide receiver have seen more football than probably the entirety of the rest of the big 10 combined you got all these guys who who've been there for six years right um and the stars are aligned. the the big 10 west is wide open iowa Iowa was fascinating last year in that on paper, if I showed you blind resume, you'd think, okay, this team won six football games. You would never think that they hit the championship. (laughs) The defense was that good. And the special teams were incredible. Iowa is in a unique situation to where they are defending their big 10 West title but also kind of in a rebuild phase from a respect standpoint, right? When people talk about Iowa, they don't speak of them like a team who was just playing in the championship. Now that plays into what they want. They want the chip on their shoulder. Iowa doesn't like being seen as a team on the top. They want to catch you off guard and punch you in the mouth. Um, Iowa has to replace a lot of people, a whole lot of people, and they lost a lot of wide receiver depth. 
Um, if, if they can get some better quarterback play, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, obviously Wisconsin is going to be Wisconsin as long as their defense is that good, which it will be. They have a chance. I know plenty of people in Madison want, want more production from the offense. As long as Jim Leonard is there and whoever you're playing, isn't going to score more than 13 points. You have a shot, right? Uh, Those are the big three in the West, if you will, but you can't sleep on Purdue either, man. Aiden O'Connell's figured it out. They're going to score points. They got a huge, they basically took all of Iowa's receivers. Yeah. Now play for Purdue. Like Charlie Jones, not only, can get drafted strictly off of special teams. He he feels that, you know, that there's there's something he wants to prove as a receiver as well. Uh, Tyrone Tracy as well as a speedster. He left Iowa going to produce. So, you know, David Bells don't just grow on trees. But as far as transfers go, man, I, I'm sorry, Purdue is sitting pretty. If Purdue can hold an opponent to 25 points a game, they're going to be fine. And that, that first game, uh, them hosting Penn state, if I'm Penn state, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm, I'm I, Purdue is the last team I want to play week one. I'm assuming it's a night game that, 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 that game terrifies me. And, Thursday. you know, of, of, of course, and it's a Thursday night, there you go. And even with the big 10 East, of course, it's Ohio state's division to lose, but behind them, it is a crapshoot. Like, Nobody knows what we're getting from Michigan, from Michigan State. Maryland, you know, for a couple of years now has been looking to take the next step. This feels prime for it. IU had a, just kind of fell off the map last year, but I, I feel they got their bearings back. So, again, the expectation is Ohio State. They have national championship dreams. Um, but as far as that number two spot, that's a, a dice roll as well. Yeah, I call into this uh, college football show every every day. It's Monday yeah. through Thursday's show, and they know me as the Iowa homer. But I will <laughs> say, though, that if if I, if I didn't pick Iowa, which I, I just have to, right? You, you know, should. You like, should. Hey, you have to. Yeah. Home. I always tell folks that my number two pick this year uh, is Minnesota. I think Mohamed Ibrahim, next to Bijan Robinson, is probably one of the best, if not the best, running back in the country. I think if he would have stayed healthy last year against Ohio State, you guys beat yeah. Ohio State last next yeah. last year. Um, and then you got on the flip side, like you said, the East uh, to his little brother in Maryland. I think yeah. he takes a big, big step up this year with the good offensive line. Uh, so yeah, I like that. I like I, that. Dude, for like Maryland's exciting because look, they're not trying to hide what they're going to do. Look, defense is going to come <clears> along. <throat> we'll figure that out. But we're going to score fifty points a game, like. And their wide receiver duo, you could argue, is the best in the country. It's it's assuming everyone comes back healthy. I don't know another team in the entire country. We'll, we'll see what Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like. Uh, obviously had a decent Rose Bowl, but one game is not an entire season. Yeah. Day one, I don't know if I trade that wide receiver duo at Maryland for any other in the country. Iowa, the, the biggest thing for me is, and I feel the biggest absence on their team um is probably Tyler Linderbaum like having a center who in my opinion was the best offensive lineman in all of college football last year it's just such a comfort there you can run behind him and yes the quarterback struggled but they were never under duress man like him (laughs) him leaving is very tough um Dane Dane Belton I'm also interested to see how they replace him because he's He's that, that, that Patrick Chung, that he doesn't have a position. 
he's linebacker this play, he's safety this play, he's nickel this play. You you can't you can't just replace that. I'm sure they have somebody to step up in that role, but he allowed them to do so much defensively. And obviously the turnovers created from it um, was a good thing. So Linderbaum and Belton, if they can find replacements for those, Iowa is scary, man. Yeah, the one thing I'll say, and then I'll turn over to Larry and BCB, is that we did actually get we few and far between, like once every two, three years, we get a five-star recruit. We did get this five-star uh, Xavier, I'm not going to butcher his last name. Okay. Uh, uh, at safety, who's I think he's going to help buck okay. secondary and uh, big big stuff. But Larry, BCB, anything else you guys got here? Um, do you know where you're headed for the Big Ten tailgate week one? Yeah. So week one, well, week zero now because instead of just moving everything back, they <laughs> added a week on. Just 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 call it week one. It's it's going to confuse me for the rest of the year. Like week 12 is actually the, the 13th. It's, it's chaos. But week zero, um, I'm in Chicago in the studio. For the first five weeks, it's kind of a hybrid situation. Um, so week zero, I'm in uh, the studio in Chicago. Believe it or not, they're not going to send us to Ireland. Uh, week one, I am at Nebraska. Week two, uh, I'll be calling the Minnesota game, hosting Western Illinois, which will be fun. And then after that, I'm back in Chicago for another week. And then after that, um, from that point on, I'm on tailgate um, for, the, for, for the rest of the season, which is, it's just the best, man. Like the, the feeling of just landing on a Thursday night or a Friday morning, going to Yelp and saying, where are the best restaurants in this college town? <laughs> or just ask, like, I'll just go to the hotel and just ask a student on the way, like, hey, where are the best places to eat? And just being a part of whatever culture you're in for those three days, there's nothing better than it. And even these schools that, you know, you go to Minnesota, you you kind of hate everyone. And because it's the Big Ten and everyone hates each other and you love it. But I have such an appreciation, even for the Iowas, for the Wisconsins. Like, it's so hard to to, to think back. And to have any animosity now that you've ate at their restaurants, you've met some of their students, you've talked to their coaches, uh, dude, there, there's nothing like it. It is, it is an absolute dream. I, I heard in an interview, it's uh, your favorite place. It might not still be, but it was the old fashioned in Madison for cheese. <laughs> you turkey. did your research, <laughs> man. Yeah, cheese curds and turkey legs for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait for the Wisconsin game. I, I, it's, it's the first place I'm going. Now, if there's a place I love, I go there. So we we rehearse on Friday nights, then, you know, show Saturday. Normally, you go to rehearsal. Afterward, everyone goes out. If it's an early kickoff, no beer. If it's a later kickoff, okay, let's let's have one one beer, fellas, one beer. Um, but if it's a special place like the old-fashioned, no, 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 I'm landing. I'm going to the old-fashioned. Then I'll change at the hotel and go to rehearsal. Cheese curds, <laughs> turkey leg, a beer. I cannot wait. And speaking of uh, uh, South Carolina, I will say this. Best meal I've ever had, barbecue. I'm sure you know it. Right by Clemson in Spartanburg. I, no, is it Spartanburg? Spartanburg? The uh, the uh, Smoking Pig. Uh, I, I haven't heard of it. Is it oh, my God. <laughs> Next I'm, I'm time you go to a Clemson game. Next time you go to a Cle- the Smoking Pig is the best meal I've ever had in my life. Bar- I'm going to go check it out this year then the smoking pig. But, um, but as far as, uh, as far as the old fashioned, 
I, I can't, I can't wait, man. Madison <laughs> and the old fashioned have my heart. Don't tell any Gopher fans I said that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll finish up my last question here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Big Ten, you got your rivalries, whatnot. You got the pig with Iowa. You got the axe with Wisconsin. I don't know the rest if Minnesota has any other trophy or rivalry games, but yes, um, there is the Victory Bell with Michigan, okay. the Axe with Wisconsin, the Pig with Iowa, and the Victory. Oh yeah, wait, wait, the Victory Jug with Michigan, the Victory Bell with Penn State. Got That's it. What it so is. out of those four, what's your what's your favorite one? What's the one that you 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 were glad to have? You know, whether it be your freshman through senior year. Because you went two and two against Iowa. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so funny when when we were struggling and they had postseason dreams. We beat them. When yeah. we were on an eight, nine, ten win run, they came and derailed us and bumped us back to eight wins. It, it's it's funny how that works. And even in even in these past two seasons, if Minnesota beats Iowa in either of the matchups, twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen, yeah. They win the Big Ten West, man. It, it, it never fails. Iowa, for sure, just because that atmosphere is insane. And while you're playing at Kinnick, excuse me, while you're playing at Kinnick, like, yeah, you you hate them, but deep down you love the energy, right? Like, yeah. I don't like all of you guys who were throwing things at me and cussing at me, but this energy is what I dreamed of being in one day. So you love it, but you hate it. The victory bell, um, that was probably not my favorite it was one of my favorite games I played in um uh Penn State was rolling they had um Allen Robinson they had Silas Red Christian Hackenberg was slinging it their defense was loaded I think they were ranked in the teens or something like that they were rolling we started slow but we're kind of uh kind of hitting the groove and that was just a dog fight cold weather uh came down to the wire game and uh and we ended up beating them so that's more so the memory of that game than the victory bell i don't know if anyone in minnesota keeps track of who has the bell at one time (laughs) or another it's definitely axe um then it's pig then it's everything else so pig is my favorite but victory bell was my favorite rivalry game i dig it bcb you want to wrap us up here yeah so uh i've got Two, I'll make it quick if that's okay. Uh, Dude, I've I've I got all the time, man. Go for right. it. Uh, so first one, I think I think this is actually one of the biggest questions in all of college football from a national standpoint this season. Uh, do you think Jim Knowles cures what had ailed Ohio State last year with their struggles <laughs> against the run? Because when you look at the roster, it shouldn't be a talent issue. Uh, they sh- they shouldn't be getting bullied up front. So you think Jim Knowles will will solve their problems this year? <sighs> Here's the well, first, that's what determines whether Ohio State makes it to a national championship or not. Offensively, what more can you ask for? Right? You have a quarterback and receiver who, barring any kind of major setback, will be top five picks, right? Like it's 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 a fact, it's a done deal. Trayvon Henderson, not draft eligible, but will be a top running back. And uh, you know, the the biggest question mark in that offense is excuse me um is assuming it's marvin harrison jr maybe it's someone else it's ohio state there's a five-star somewhere ready to step up so the biggest question is can they run the football can they stop the run right they can run the football because they can throw the football and if you can throw the football you can back defenses up enough to give Travion henderson some room cj stroud is mobile they can have fun with that as well 
stopping the run, man, it's, it's Jim Knowles in Oklahoma state. They had some, some top defenses in the big 12, but it's the big 12. They're, 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 they're not running the football. Right. So how much can you, how much credence can you put into those stats? It's going to be different. Obviously Ryan day, any interview he's had from the Rose bowl onward, he's still pissed about it, about the, the, the lack of a, Toughness is a is, is a harsh word, but you that 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 image of that Michigan game, Michigan beat them up like they were their little brother, right? Like th- that 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 was shocking to see because they didn't just beat them; they physically pounded them into the ground. Ohio's just gonna figure it out early because that Notre Dame game, Notre Dame, they just lost their number one wide receiver, and they have a sophomore quarterback who's taking his first snaps as a starter. They're not looking to throw the ball fifty times; they're gonna run the rock. And Notre Dame is going to be the litmus test, even if Ohio State beats Notre Dame, which they, I don't see a scenario where they don't. If Notre Dame racks up 250 rushing yards, what's Michigan, Michigan State and everyone else? You know what I mean? Ohio State has to set the tone immediately. They have to say we are a completely different team. Um, and that front seven defensively will, will be the thing to watch. It's Ohio State. They're sending a DB first round every year. They're, they're not, you're not going to pass the ball, assuming that pass rush gets back to where, where it can be. If they can find three linebackers that can stop the run, they're not, their goal will be a national championship. But like I said, if Notre Dame, even if they lose, if Notre Dame goes out there and pounds the rock, what is the Big Ten going to do, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think that's. I mean, obviously, you've got number two versus number five now, but that's the game I think I'm looking forward to most uh, oh. opening weekend. <laughs> and, uh, I I I cannot. That might be the game I'm most excited for. Like this this entire year. probably because it's the the closest. It's like what two weeks away, so it's it's yeah. it, it's a tangible thing. It's right there. I can almost grab it. I cannot wait, man. I I can already see the the kickoff in my mind, man. It's gonna yeah, be great. Yeah. I've also got Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, Heisman futures. So where <laughs> as you should, as you, now the 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 thing that you have going for you there is post Rose Bowl the conversation shifted right leading up to the Rose Bowl is C.J. Stroud is going to leave Ohio State with a Heisman. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes off. Now the conversation shifts. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba is the man. So like, that's <laughs> that's the toughest thing. Like a, a wide receiver can never win Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. And it's tough for them to win a Heisman because there's a quarterback throw into them, right? CJ Stroud doesn't throw a lot of picks. So it will take a lot for Njigba to win the Heisman over Stroud. But because of that Rose Bowl game, the the um the preference has already shifted. So that is a, a great future to have. Yeah. And then a uh, last question. I saw this on your Twitter and I was intrigued. I think this kept me up like an extra hour last night going through the scenario. But uh Someone gives you $10 million, but a poisonous snail is going to be after you the whole time. If it touches you once, you die immediately, and the snail knows where you're at at all times. You taking that money? If I do. Short answer is no. If I do, like I said, I have to square off with the snail right away. See, that's that's the mistake people make. It's, oh, I'll just take the money, and I'll just travel, live my life. Like, I don't care if you go to Hawaii. Hawaii is an island. Even if you're sitting on the beach, toes in the sand, in the back of your mind for the rest of your life, it's like that snail could have gotten to LAX and could be <laughs> on a plane to me right now. If I take the money, I'm finding the snail and I have to square off right away and kill it because $10 million means nothing if I don't have peace of mind. You, you have to square off with it 
straight away, mano y mano, then you can kill it and live the rest of your life peacefully. Yeah, I think too a huge like a huge pivot point there is whether or not the snail has normal snail intelligence or human intelligence. <laughs> like because if if the snail can think dynamically, then like you said, you might be screwed. Like it might be able to board planes and stuff. But if it's just a normal snail trying to get from point A to point B, I think I right. think you can get away pretty easy. But I, I went in with the assumption the snail has knowledge of where I am at all times and has whatever knowledge necessary it would take to get to me. If that's the scenario, I'm scared and I have to kill the snail right away. Fair enough. All right, Brock, one last question. I swear. Right. Oh, sorry. Hey, go, ahead, Larry. go for it. We have, we have, uh, we have 15 minutes, man. We, we all, right, have, all, right, all good. All right. uh, so I read up a little bit about ESTV. Just yeah. How that venture is going and, <laughs> Uh, like e-gaming is it, it seems like it's getting more popular year by year and i see you're listed as uh director of business development high school and college league yep. so I, i'm curious of like what is the e-gaming world in high school these days because like uh, like when i went to high school like that wasn't a, there wasn't even a thought of like a high school right. having a team right. or even a college having a team or a club team um so just curious about how that venture's been and how, how, how things are going uh, with yeah. that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. I'm sitting in the, uh, in the studio uh, right, right now. So 2019, uh, myself, my brother, um, Amon Green, funny enough, who has be, be, become a, a good friend. Uh, we were able to join up with a gentleman named Eric Yoon, who we met through a, someone I worked with at NFL Network. And he was launching this esports television channel. And currently we're in over 50 countries and it's going great. Any, any OTT platform, meaning any non-cable, your Roku's, your Sling TV's, Amazon Fire Stick, all those digital channels, if you will. And one thing that happened is we launched in 2019 and what happens next year is COVID. So everyone's at home and esports was the only gig in town while college football was deciding if they were going to play while NBA was trying to get things together for the bubble and esports just took over. So we're at a point now and it's crazy and insane for, for people like us who grew up where you got like one hour of video games on a Saturday and then you got to get your butt outside. We're at a point now where like kids are getting recruited to play video games. Kids are going, getting scholarships to four-year universities to play video games kids are making millions of dollars not even counting endorsements playing video games it's it's an entirely new era so as far as the high school and collegiate league high school we have over 3,000 high schools who give us their content and, and, and we show it college we have over well over 300 colleges now who we have access to their content and we show it on tv and it is the coolest thing in the world uh my favorite thing was uh my favorite story that's happened is we we did a madden tournament no we did a rocket league tournament which is a popular game yep. and myself and my brother broadcasted it and uh i got a dm on twitter about the maybe like the next day and it was just some lady saying hey um i never quite understood what my grandson was doing at school or why he was going to school for free he's at boise state but now i understand and i was like this is the coolest thing ever like this is genuinely and organically growing the game and it's 
esports, I'll always say it's the Wild West. I'm not going to sit here and say that we've mastered it because no one's mastered it. If somebody says they figured it out, they're lying to you and they're going to lose your money. Um, but it has definitely been a passion uh, that has turned into a legitimate dual career. And we have a blast over here. We're a small team um, who has accomplished a lot. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, ESTV is a 24-7 channel international if you have ott if you have a digital television uh you can watch it that's what's up actually speaking of that i mean since you brought it up i'm the 2017 uh, <laughs> madden champ you know just want to want to call that out real quick what no, what, what team uh what team were you playing with in that one so that would have been 2017 i probably would have been rocking with I always got to have a mobile quarterback. Yep. So yep. I think, um, man, who did I have? I think it might have been Dak's first year. So okay. Okay. Rocking with the Cowboys, but good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's small world, man. No, it yeah. is. Uh, it is the coolest thing. And maybe my favorite thing about it is, like I said, growing up, if you played too many video games, you were the, the quote nerd, right? But now right. it's like, well, these nerds who used to get bullied in high school are, are getting Lamborghinis and living in the Hollywood <laughs> Hills to play Call of Duty in front of thousands of people, right? So it, it's so funny how the entire the the the, the entire narrative has uh, has shifted. It's it's so cool to see. I, I mean, you got. I, I'm I'm pumped that NCAA is coming back. I'm sure yeah. you got. Like, Can't wait. That's, that's gonna be a huge mark. I mean, growing up, I loved playing with Pat White in that West. Yeah, <laughs> that that. that, that that's why I played. It was what Pat White, Steve Slayton, and who was the other running back? I thought I think they had like two running backs that were good. I forget. Noel, yeah. Noel Devine was a Noel runner. Devine. That's yeah. who it was. Yeah, I would uh, I would move Noel Devine to the slot so that I could have all three of them on the field at the same time. <laughs> I played with West Virginia every time. They, Rich, they were unstoppable. Rich Rod ran the three three five with like Owen. <laughs> middle I, that team was it was the my, innovator, man. The yeah. innovator of the three three five, dude. You are taking me down memory lane. I have so I, I keep a PS4 here. I got an Xbox at home, but I have my original Xbox. The only reason is for the old school NCAA games, yeah, like the, yeah. like Reggie Bush was on the cover in 06, I think. Uh, that one and the one that Crabtree was on the cover one were are, are the ones that I I still play to this day. Love it. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not that NCAA okay. game, I used to take that West Virginia team, run the Army option with Noel <laughs> and Schmidt and Pat White, and I had it down to where you could hit the button at the last second and it would pitch it. Yep, 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 yep. You, you are already them. tackled on the ground. He just, he just flips the ball out. <laughs> People would get so mad. And then also on that game, too, Pat McAfee was their kicker that year, like on That's that team. Right. He was on <laughs> he that team. Boot. <laughs> yeah, it was, he was. He was a monster. I would – um, and then – what year was the Vince Young USC Rose Bowl? Was that was that Reggie Bush's Heisman year? Oh, yes, I think so. Yeah, that year. So that would have been 05, I think. Uh, I played with Texas all the time. Vince Young was unstoppable that year as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Brock, I'll wait. say this we've been doing this for two years, and I can honestly say you are without a doubt one of the top guests that we've had. Oh, appreciate that, man. Awesome. Appreciate that. And I, I, I genuinely mean this. Uh, you guys are based around college football. You 
any questions throughout the year uh you ever want me on man if i can make it work i'm gonna make it work uh you guys are great easy to talk to this is awesome i'm just excited that college football is back who doesn't like talking about college football anytime guys no question yeah right, Brock. Uh, again you can catch him big ten analyst uh estv you name it he's in and around college football college sports brock thank you so much for taking the time really do appreciate it. have yourself a good evening man thank you Thanks brock. for having me guys